0: Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show.
1: This is the Limitless Keith Lee And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Mwah! two, three! You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 180. That number keeps getting bigger. Oh my goodness. My name is Nick Howell. And reptilians
0: and Anunnaki and Epstein. Oh my We weren't here first, aliens built the pyramids, and the moon landings are a hoax, and I'm Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the Busted Wide... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Bray Wyatt got me going this week. Holy Uh, shit. Welcome to the Busted Wide Open podcast. We hope you all had a great turkey day if you live in the United States of America, and an inexpensive Black Friday. Ah, capitalism. Oh, yes. Consumerism Uh, at its peak. Yes, what a week. But also what a week in wrestling, Nick. Yes. We have a lot to talk about today. We've got SmackDown, we've got AEW, NXT, a bunch of fun stuff. Got, got update on New Japan, a bunch of news to talk mm. about. Many, many things to discuss. So many things. Yes, but before we get going, Nick, I, I know I know we have to do our housekeeping yes. and I know we have to do everything else. But you know, I I, I have to admit Oh, okay. Before yeah, but I I have to I'm I'm going to have a confession here. Before the show started, um, you know I, I I like I go to sleep very late because I'm a bartender and I woke up the last second to do the show, so I'm still a little a little bleary. But I have to admit, the opening of our show today uh, made me realize that I had forgotten about Keith Lee. But you know what they say, Nick? Don't you forget, forget about, about
1: Keith? Keith. No, don't, no, 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 don't, don't, don't you forget, you
0: forget about me? Ah, yes, that's how we should start every show from yes. now on. But. We can't because we have to do housekeeping instead. So, Nick, if you would do the honors, please.
1: Absolutely. As always, guys, come out and hang out with us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Just head over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, drop a like on our page, and hit the join request to come into the Busted Wide Open discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones where you will find a link pinned at the top to many things, one of them being our Discord community. You absolutely want to get in there for all of the live chats all throughout the week as well as dedicated channels for every pay-per-view uh, and every promotion across the board so really great budding wrestling community there uh, really good positive group of folks that we have chatting in there constantly fun polls thank you Andy for doing all those all the time and just general good conversations happening so make sure you get into our discord you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bwo podcast streaming live right here on YouTube on uh, youtube.com slash busted wide open every Tuesday at 3pm. Sorry, I do, I do this backwards every time. Every Tuesday <laughs> at 8pm Eastern and every Saturday at 3pm Eastern. It's youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you uh, pound that subscribe button so that you get alerted anytime we put up new events as well as jingle that little notification bell and hey if you like anything that we're putting up, drop that like. Give us a thumbs up on the videos and uh, leave a comment on the things that you enjoy and let us know what you guys think and would like to see more of shout out to the going in raw team and the cultaholic team for all the love they've been sh- throwing us the last couple of weeks uh really means a lot guys thank sure, you for sure. all that and sorry for our don't you forget about keith lee stuff being out of sync we are on opposite ends of the country
0: <laughs> and we're white boys
1: i will try my best to get one of us recording individually and put them together so we can put it up uh, <laughs> to show our love for the cultaholic and tom and guy and team over and ross and everybody over at cultaholic thanks a lot guys we love that and uh, I love the new series that he put up this morning, just to put that over as well. The ABCs, A to Z of wrestling. Holy crap, that, that is some, Check that it out. Has
0: some researched stuff right there.
1: Yeah, it That's, is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Wow. And last but certainly not least, guys, we cannot thank our patrons enough. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do and everything you contribute to this show. Uh, it really helps us fund a lot of the operations that make this a much more fun and uh, interactive kind of world that we live in So, around wrestling. So if you guys want to get in on some of that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers, such as the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag episode that we'll be doing immediately after the show right here on YouTube as well. Uh, you can get bonus episodes at the $10 tier. Got a couple of really good ones planned for November and December to round out the yeah. year. And I got some special stuff coming up personally that I'm either writing and maybe make a video of it. It's it's the end of the decade, guys. As far as December 1st, it's the last month of the 2010s. Really let that sink in. Go all the way back to 2010 and look forward for the last 10 years. And it's, it's been a pretty impressive decade of, of professional wrestling. So I got a lot of stuff I want to say about that. Keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. But patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get in on some of that special, exclusive content. Ian, we got a and, lot of wrestling. Oh, and You Ian, know,
0: the great thing about Patreon as well is we do do the Patreon uh the the Pickums, the yes. Patron Pickums. every every like every major WWE pay-per-view, we do that, which means we have to also once again say congratulations to our new DWO patrons champ, Brian Average. Brian, who congrats is the new ch- Brian, champ champ, the new champ champ. Yes. Andy Jessup, no longer the champ champ. Now he's just he's just he's just Andy again. He's just but, Andy. Uh, that's what, <laughs> he's gonna have his, his chance to get his title back. Uh come up coming up at the the Royal Rumble. And then uh, also, I don't know if you all saw, but speaking of the YouTubes, we we put up a new video of the the making of the booby prize uh, uh, for Abraham Castillo, who came in dead last in the patrons' pickums, and we put that up. Uh, uh, Doug Ziegler, contributor to the show, uh, has now contributed the booby prize. for uh for abraham castillo so that
1: i also kind of feel uh, that i gotta admit that we do more for the guy that comes in last than we do for the person that comes in first so i want to change that as well Well, i have some ideas
0: Okay, but uh, <laughs> yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. He's getting a physical something yeah. that my that my dog chewed on and destroyed. Well, but sure. The same time. But the champ champ gets called the champ champ for the next three months. Like, you know, that's that's not nothing. Maybe
1: I'll put my take so. my face and get Tom Savini to put it on a belt, and I'll. Send, no, we're not going to do that either. Nope, we're not going to do that at all. Ian, we got a lot of wrestling to you cover. Have, to,
0: you don't <laughs> have to get Tom Savini. I can just get a, a butter knife and help you with that. Yeah, we, just, uh, we Anyway, sorry, go we ahead. We just yes, chisel so it right. out
1: of wood or stone or something, right? It just uh, horribly. <laughs> Nowhere near as fun. <laughs> Nowhere near as good. we got a lot of wrestling to get to today, but Ian, let's kick things off by saying thank you guys for the great week we had after Survivor Series. I hope everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving. And uh, for those of you in the U.S., for those of you in Canada, it was back in October, Go Canada, happy uh, to Dominic and others that are up in Canada. Just wanted to throw that little shout out. And as we get into the holidays, it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into uh, anything else, we've got to head over and talk about All Elite Wrestling. Well,
0: let's start the show today talking about the fact that Chris Jericho had himself a festival of French. Oh, oh! Sorry, excuse me. An appreciation, a Chris Jericho appreciation ceremony. Yeah. sorry, I got, I got
1: confused with something else. Oh, it's like we've seen uh, this before.
0: <laughs> a little bit. No, this was this was a, a really fun segment. Unsurprisingly, you know, they they just they went all out. With this Chris Jericho had a, a a thank you champ appreciate probably something to do with the fact that last week he had to issue an apology. Uh, so this week, he wanted the network to thank him. He wanted every other superstar to thank... Superstar. I'm talking like it's WWE. They have me brainwashed, Nick. Uh, every other wrestler did to thank him as well. But he was basically the inner circle coming out and throwing a big appreciation ceremony for Chris Jericho. Uh, we, had, uh, we had a marching band. We had a little bit of the bubbly, which is now apparently his own brand of shampoo or sparkling wine, I should say, uh, which right there... I mean, talk about the connection between making a good catchphrase and marketing. I mean, how long was it before they had a t-shirt out about that? But good you know, good oh, grief.
1: And the website lasted about 10 minutes before it just completely crashed Melted and everybody it down. annihilated it. Yeah. Melted and So down. I, I've tried several times over the last couple of days to get one, but because I, cause I oh definitely want it for a prop for the backdrop. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. That, that's really all I want it for. You,
0: know? <laughs> you don't want to know what it tastes like.
1: <laughs> no, I have no intention of opening the thing.
0: <laughs> it's probably oil, Chris Jericho's
1: tears. piss, just to get no. just to be a dick heel, and he's bottled his own piss and he's put <laughs> it into a champagne bottle, and it's a little bit of the bubbly. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised oh, no. if be people drink. Oh, this is really good champagne. My goodness, you never know what you're buying. It, it's <laughs> champ. Champs, champs. The champ, champ, the champ, champ, the champ, champ. champ. Well. It's not
0: champagne unless it's from champagne France ladies and gentlemen just just so you know It's <laughs> just like it's not tequila unless it's from tequila mexico so yeah. these are the things you have to know uh, but no we also had his dad we had his dad in a box his dad in a box girl yeah so he busted his own father was uh, who's by the way you know he is a guy who used to play for the New York Rangers Ted Irvine he, uh, he came out of a box and uh, as you'd expect, because they were in Chicago, he had to get that heat, he had to get that Chicago heat by dis, in the Blackhawks. Uh, but this all ended with SCU, who were dressed up as part of the marching band, running down and, and uh, attacking everybody to stop. Because Jericho's in the middle, of attacking the TNT guy, the guy who's fr- fr- supposedly from, you know from TNT, Big air coach, Justin Roberts, uh, and saying uh, you know you didn't thank me enough. Anyway, so SCU runs down. This is all setting up the fact that Scorpio Sky has a one-on-one match. With the champion later on in the evening. Um, What did let's before we get to that match? uh, What did you think about this opening segment? Is this did because WWE does this kind of stuff often, and I'd say that it's at best hit or miss. This was I thought a home run, totally. But what what set it apart? What made this a, a home run versus you know? The, the, we can point at some of the times in WWE when these things work out really well, like the the just like the setup segments,
1: like the right? festival of, of friendship,
0: or the festival of friendship. Sure, exactly. Right. What made this work so well? What could WWE learn from this?
1: Um, involvement of other people and not making it about just one person, but somehow still centered around one person. Number two, it's Chris Jericho. He's he's the master at this kind of stuff, and bringing in things that are going to. Bringing his dad in, who's a legendary hockey player, who I'm not even completely sure he did play for the Rangers. I thought he played for one of the Canadian uh, brands. But in Chicago, which is a diehard hockey town for the Blackhawks, um, and then having them getting the entire inner circle Rangers jerseys, little things like that that just turn the the heat knob up on the stove big time. Just the, the little details. The things that Jericho has done over the years are in the details, and it's what makes him as good as he is because he thinks about all of the details. So that's, I think, just constantly over and over. Then you had LAX getting into the ring and doing a lot of Boricuan kind of gifts, What? Even the, the flip-flops, right? Uh, and, and a shout-out to Spanish moms out there that use the flip-flops. They make really good weapons. I actually
0: right? named a cocktail at my other bar Las Chanclas de Mama. Because... <laughs> like, <laughs> Like seriously, it's a thing. It's such a thing.
1: Oh, but yeah, just that kind of stuff. And then Jake Hager bringing in the goat because it's Jericho. National. Of course, of yes. course, he brought in a goat that worked Amazing. out about as well as bringing Cody and Brandy bringing Pharaoh to I was, the ring.
0: I was waiting for the the droppings to start because I, I was waiting
1: for for Jake Hager to get horned in the balls. Basically, is what I, was I will
0: tell for. you right now. And this is now y'all you will find out something about me. I was raised on a farm. I had goats. When I was when I was coming up, we had uh, at at the most at one time three goats. Those things, shit, like it's going out of fashion. You yes. looking them hard, and they'll poop, and it's, it's just like it's like pellets just flying out of their butts. So I was they must have not fed this thing for days for it to have <laughs> not defecated all over their ring. I'm just going to. Well, throw maybe you there. can
1: teach Jr. Who made a sly comment about that doesn't look like no girl goat to me. That those were utters and not testicles
0: hey if there's <laughs> anyone who should know what women look like it's jr because he likes every hot chick on twitter that there is that's right jr i've got my eyes on you i see what you're doing my man and i applaud you <laughs> <laughs> yes but uh but yeah this whole segment was was amazing it was it was fun it was creative um it was it, this the thing is like if you're tuning into the show to be entertained right this was nonstop entertainment so and then, to close out the show, we had Scorpio Sky versus Jericho, the actual match. And everyone was, quote, barred from ringside, which of course didn't last. But it was still, it was a fantastic match. And I'm not going to lie, Nick. Like, I, I came into this going, there's no way they strapped Scorpio. There was just that little voice in the back of my head, the same one that told me to pick Rey Mysterio at uh, Survivor Series. That little voice in my head that said, what if they did strap Scorpio? I mean, Jericho's got to go to Wrestle Kingdom and face Tanahashi. Maybe they don't want the strap going there. Maybe Scorpio does take it for a little bit. They had me. They had a, a reversal late in this match that totally, like, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do it. No. And they kick out at 2.9999. Um, fantastic match.
1: Yeah, it was. Totally. I, th- I had nothing bad to say about this match. I had thought there was no way in hell they're taking this off of Jericho right away. The Wrestle Kingdom thing popped in my head, but they've got plenty of time to do that. They've got four to five weeks to do that still if they want to accomplish that. Uh, And they don't have to do it right away. Let these two guys go back and forth. And now we've introduced John Moxley into the equation because Moxley comes out. And this this is where I started going, I started percolating a little bit because this is one of those matches that I think we've all kind of thought we were going to get or slash at least wanted. Uh, since AEW started on TV was the Moxley Jericho thing and uh, boy, I'm back to excited again. So I'm, I'm very amped about what's going on. I loved every bit of this whole thing throughout the show as we had the uh, celebration for les champions. All of this was good. The match was great. The, the Moxley thing at the end was fantastic. It just, the bookends were, were perfectly executed in my opinion.
0: I did you see the, uh, the clip of after the show went off the air and Moxley is in the ring, you know, prant, like running around, hyping up everybody. And they have the TV guy like, we got to go. We're, we're done. We're TV time's done. And, like, he's like chasing him around with his paperwork and going, Moxley, done. We're done. We're, we're done. And he ends up um, stunnering, excuse me, dirty deedsing him, or excuse me, not dirty deedsing, death rhetoric. Oh, no, uh, excuse me. Uh, no, uh, paradigm shift. Paradigm shifting him. Sorry. Yeah. can't yeah. keep track anymore. Uh, he ends up paradigm shifting him out of his, out of his shoes. So yeah. that was a fun little way to get the crowd home happy. But that's the thing. So we're now heading towards – so Scorpio's guy, he's done. He's going to go back to SCU and be the tag champ. But um, uh, hopefully they do something with him because it proved the guy can work singles and work it totally. beautifully. Totally. But now we're heading into Moxley Jericho. Is it too soon to be doing Moxley Jericho at this point? Or is it kind so. of like is it, is it like we just have to do it because everyone's expecting it?
1: I think they brought Moxley out and debuted him at Double or Nothing with a purpose – I think his the bursitis or whatever he had in his staff infection he had yeah. his elbow that came back really derailed a lot of the plans that they had, but I mean look we're we're gonna do the bash at the beach thing in six weeks middle the of J- January Jar- time Jericho cruise yeah 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 with the Jericho cruise mm-hmm. I mean the stars are lining up we could see we could see Moxley Jericho be the feud the signature feud of AEW for 2020 for the it could be the next year. I don't so think I, it, I
0: don't think it'll go that long. I suspect it'll, Moxley will go for the title. He'll get screwed over by the inner circle, and then we'll just, everything will keep going. Because I like the fact that we have multiple different factions here in AEW. It's not just good guys, bad guys. It's everyone's kind of out for their own. You have a couple of outliers who are just out for themselves, like Sean Spears and Moxley. You have a yeah. couple of different factions in like SCU and Jurassic Express, and a couple. They're kind of on the side of the good guys, but they're not like directly aligned. Um, the elites call kind of together. So I like the fact that there's a lots of different dynamics going on here.
1: Uh, it's it's yeah. very beyond Thunderdome, Wild West kind of stuff at this point. Like everybody – like I like the way you put it. Everybody's in it for themselves. Everybody's looking to put their stamp on things and make a mark. So we're still early days, guys. We're like mm-hmm. two months into this whole AEW thing if you start at the beginning of October with TV. So, I mean, that's where, and that's where I started. All the pay-per-views and exhibitions and everything – started things kind of but it really hit the market beginning of october for me so there's let's talk a year from now and see where all of this into, eventually sure. lands but i think for the time being yeah have as many jericho have as many feuds and put as many guys over make them look as good as scorpio sky now looks yeah. in the eyes of all the fans jericho's even the perfect law. guy to do that
0: even in law scorpio looks fantastic.
1: even yep uh, and,
0: there's, and there's a lot of things they can do to percolate i'm worried about things getting stale or overexposed like they can do in WWE, but they seem to be have, finding some creative ways to not do that, at least in the early game. Uh, we also had the best friends had a match against the Lucha Brothers and, shocking me, won. Juan, Juan, clean as a whistle. Best friend, I mean, best friends definitely needed to get some love, otherwise they were going to be just basically like a, a glorified enhancement team. Yeah. So having them beat one of the top teams is a big deal.
1: Well, I love that they're jumping in during the, the best friend's entrance and jumping them from behind, too, and just be... I mean, like, do keep doing Healy shit like that. Yeah. Well, people want I, to cheer I, I love them that. so
0: much, you have to define them as heels, and it's just hard to get people to want to boo the Lucha Brothers. I'm actually kind of surprised they're making them go heel, but I guess it's just because ultimately they want to have that ongoing feud between the Young Bucks and the, and the Lucha Brothers be one of their more major kind of constant feuds, them and PNP. Um, yeah. Sorry, LAX. LAX. Uh so but but is this a bad look for Lucha Brothers to be to be losing two best friends who up until because here's the thing. One thing you can say about WWE is with the 50-50 booking, um everyone kind of stays around the same level. starting off with with AEW, Lucha Brothers were made to look like one of the top-tier teams. And best friends made were made to look like they couldn't win a match. Right. And all of a sudden now a month and a half, two months in. Lucha Brothers get beat clean by best friends. That makes Lucha Brothers look not as good, uh, you know, in the eyes like how we're used to seeing. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm wondering if the Orange Cassidy edition had anything to do with that. Yeah, because that was that's the one thing that's different—the net difference between before and after, like you just described. But, but,
0: the, but the question is, what is, what's the answer here? Do you do fifty-fifty booking like WWE to keep that parity, so that you're never worried about someone looking bad, or do you do kind of what New Japan does, where you have people who are definitively better all the time? And if there's any kind of oh, fish like like if like best friends here should have had like a screwy finish to keep Lucha Brothers looking strong. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Orange Cassidy got involved in the match dressed like a turkey. All right. Um, but, you know, do you have something where the Lucha Brothers are, are, are kept strong here against the best friends um, just to keep their cachet? Or do you try to make everyone look good? Because I think that there's, there's an argument both ways. You can, you can say, like, we want everyone to look like a viable tag team, like a good, strong tag team um and that's good to have a bunch of tag teams who you believe at any time could go for the championship and everyone who's got their strengths and their weaknesses fine but it's also something to say that like there's a few ones that are just better than the other ones um and they're the ones to look out for you know uh, yep. whether whether they win by using heel tactics like lax uh, or whether they're just really good like the Young Bucks and they go on downswings every once in a while, or there are young up-and-comers who have a lot of grit and determination like Private Party, whatever it is, right? So that's that's just kind of – it made me kinda stop and think about it when Best Friends won clean here. And this is not over. We know that there's going to be more matches between them down the road. They've already announced oh, that. sure. But oh, uh, yeah. But it was just something that made me kind of go, huh.
1: I think uh, I think the Lucha Brothers came in as the initial team, and if you remember during the the press conferences throughout 2019, the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks were going back and forth, and then they had the AAA titles feuds that there was back and forth, and they brought them to fight for the Fallen or the whatever the outdoor ladder match thing was in Jacksonville when it was too hot, and then I think what happened is Jericho won the championship, L.A. came in, we now have another strong, powerful, proud, and powerful. Uh, heel tag team. Lucha Brothers might be taking a little bit of a back seat to let LAX run rough shot over the tag division, and I, if that's the case, totally fine. We we got to have one dominant team. There's always got to be one that's that's, the, and I think they're giving that shine to LAX right now. Uh, but the Lucha Brothers could show up on any given Sunday and just whip anybody's ass. I, I don't have it. I don't yep. for one second because uh, Chucky T just. Pin one of the Lucha Brothers, I don't think for a second that any of them, uh, that those two guys couldn't show up and be champions tomorrow.
0: Well, and Jericho let slip that they do plan a few months in advance. Like he said, I know what I'm doing until the middle of January on a, on a interview recently. Uh, Keeping it 100, I think, podcast. And um, so that to me indicates that they're they're doing something that Tubby doesn't do, which is plan ahead. Yeah.
1: Don't so, write the show 90 minutes before it
0: airs. Uh, during, while it's airing. <laughs> and this is something that like if i was working for AEW and i was losing a lot like say Joey Janela who was on Twitter this week going like what i can't i don't like where my my career is going and you couldn't tell if it was work or shoot um but it, you know if i was someone like that and being told hey look you're going to lose a lot for the first 3 months and then we have Kenny Omega right where they're having him lose a lot and now he's starting to come back and win matches like he did on this show um, that's like the fine yeah okay have us have us be beaten by best friend Cool. We know you're going to ultimately come back, and we're going to have an arc where we are back on top, or whatever. However, they want to do it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, the women's division, I think, is fairly similar. They had a tag match: Bia Priestley and Emmy Sakura versus uh, Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida. Shida, by the way, top of the women's division. She's got the best record of anybody right now. Um, only a matter of time before she gets that title shot. Uh, was this? I thought this was a fantastic tag match like one of the better women's matches i've seen of aew
1: and we got a new debut um in it with chris statlander yep. um who is getting a lot of shine and we see be a taking a little bit of a beating here and ultimately it was uh was it emmy sakura what, what got the pin here i'm yeah i think she pinned statlander that's what it was yeah so welcome. yeah I, welcome I, to I, aew I had to like, dig into the memory banks of the um, last one. She, she,
0: she hit her with the, the microfan stand. Sakura,
1: that's and, what it was. Uh, that's what it was. House. She grabbed the That oh, was a dirty finish. Come on, ref ref. You Sakura's. suck. All that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, I like, we've been down on the AEW women's division pretty much since the beginning. Um, and I, I, I'm starting to see bright spots. We've been more so on the skeptical
0: hope. side than the optimistic side.
1: Yes, you I would say
0: that. I do definitely do question how they're booking the division overall, and uh, people that I've seen are, are putting that at the feet of Kenny Omega, who apparently is in charge of the division. And mm-hmm. I have to say okay. that the booking, the booking overall, has not really been that inspired. It's um, it hasn't really had the the flair and the panache of some of the stuff in the men's division. It's just kind of there. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not really yeah. building any of these women towards anything. It does seem a little bit muddled. And some of the women that I wish we'd spent more time with getting to know, uh, we haven't. And this is one of the big issues that we had with the um, Emi Sakura and Riho match at the last pay-per-view was the the definition of who they were was all kinds of muddled and it shifted several times in the minimal build and in the match and then after the match. Right. So, and this seems to be continuing to happen where, like, you have a couple of, like, really heely heels and a couple of really facey faces, and then a whole bunch of people that are just kind of there. They're just there. And we don't know what they're like who they are or what they are. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of there. And this it needs to be cleaned up a lot. Um because, you know, this this match proved that the work rate's there. You can get, you know, some uh some good workers in the ring and they can put on a, a good match. You know, we were we were down on a couple of the matches for looking a little amateurish. Uh, but this wasn't one of them. Yeah. So yeah, there's just it just has to be cleaned up a little bit. I think just giving a little bit it, to me, it just feels a little bit undefined. Still, it's starting to fall in line a little bit. Um, you know, Sakura. Oh, sorry, Shida seems like she's the um, she's heading towards being the next challenger. But uh, in my opinion, you've got to you've got to define who she is in relation to Riho pretty quickly here because I still have no idea.
1: Well, hang on. Really? Well, hang on. We spent a lot of time this summer watching videos and packages for. Britt Baker, for Brandy, for Allie, for a lot of these women. And those are the ones that we were kind of expecting to run the division, right? And, and all we've all seen them? are Nyla Rose and Riho and Emi Sakura and uh, Hikaru Shida. And we didn't get video packages for them all summer, nor have we since. So it's a little bit – that's the point. I think it's <laughs> –
0: well, yeah, and to speak to that, when we do get video packages of them, whether it's Ami Sakura or Riho or Shida, the video package is pretty much, they are a Japanese wrestler. They are from Japan, and they are female, and they're from Japan. We mentioned that they're from Japan, yes. and they, by the way, they train together, and they're females from Japan, and that's, we don't really get, it. Emi Sakura, I like Freddie Mercury.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Congratulations. I put a fake mustache what? on, and I
1: have a mic stand. Okay.
0: I mean, cool. Congratulations. I like you, Freddie you Mercury. Power.
1: I like Queen, too
0: i same. i don't cosplay as freddie Murphy when i wrestle but right. you know you do you uh i don't really see how that translates to anything else in your gimmick right but and that's and honestly like you know i hate to i hate to steal a line from cornet here for multiple obvious reasons but that is something that is a valid point where if you're going out there dressed as something oh and it doesn't
1: i thought you were going <laughs> to say something about fried it? chicken
0: no wow nick Wow, I thought you knew me better than that. I man. do. No, just, dude, no. Uh, <laughs> just just throw a roller skate at me next time if you want to. If you want to knock me off my train of thought. Okay. Uh, no, Cornett does have a point when he says like if you're just wearing something just to wear it and it's nothing nothing to do with who you are, it's cosplaying. And then we get the impression. Okay, you come out as Freddie Mercury, and we go, okay, what does that have to do with who you are? And then you get in the ring, and all you do is, you know, the the, the, We Will Rock You chant, and you have a mic stand you can hit people with. But beyond that, it it has no bearing on your character whatsoever. I still don't know who you are. I still don't know why I should
1: care about you. Make a finishing move and call it Bohemian Rhapsody or something. You know, just... I don't don't know. Do something that's more than putting a marching band jacket and a fake mustache on. So, I don't know.
0: There's, there's, There's lots more. Anyway, so there the, the, there was a couple of things on the show this week on the AW this this week that we had a, I had a few issues with. That was one of them. And I'm nitpicking on Emmy Sakura right now just because she's in my, my sightline right now. Yeah. so i I actually think she's an insanely talented wrestler, and I love her her facial reactions, and I think she's great. Uh, I just happen to be picking on her because she just happened to be right there. Yeah. So, uh we also had a Cody match. Cody's back after getting devastated by the champion by Chris Jericho, and also by Gravity in that match. He had a match versus Matt Nix, who, by the way, wrestles for freelance wrestling out of Chicago. Uh, He's a local talent who was there just to put over Cody, which he did put him over quite nicely. uh, Before, Cody was attacked by a couple of strange-looking dudes that came into the ring that nobody knew who they were. Not even Jim Ross. Uh, and everyone was just silent as Cody got beaten up by these two thug looking extras from uh, what well from from Gangs of New York, what they look like? Yeah, one guy at a monocle. Um, that was a. these guys are butcher and blade. They are uh, I won't even say that they're fairly well known in the indie circuit. They're on the indie circuit. Okay. <laughs> but they do have a, a pretty cool looking gimmick. And um, if you know the band every time I die, the guy with the monocle is Andy Williams. He's the guitarist for that band. Uh, in before they're doing the, uh, the entrance theme for, uh, for Darby Allen, just going to throw it out there right now. Every time I die, it'd be perfect for a Darby Allen entrance. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Nick,
1: this got interesting for me when Allie showed up at, in a sort of a, what do what would you call this? A dominatrix sort of bunny costume of sorts, you know, I don't know what it was, Nick, but I liked it butcher the blade and the bunny. And I li- <laughs> I think, it, I'm uh, You laugh, but that's kind I, of what was I'm said, right? I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. So uh, uh, having, well, you're a New Japan fan. you Of course, teacher. But uh-huh. anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, now we've got a bunny in AEW now, too, apparently. So I like the idea of Allie being a valet. As much as I would like her being uh, a wrestler and a performer, I like the idea of Allie being a manipulator of a tag team. Right. Um, so I... I that's an interesting twist. I didn't see that coming. Especially this, but I'm not mad team. at it.
0: Yeah, no, it's yeah. They, they all together they have a great look. I, you know, I went and looked up some of the stuff that these guys have done before, and they're talented. This is this is going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to be great in there. And also, I love anybody who comes out with um. Uh, did you ever see the movie Nightbreed? It's a Clive Barker movie. No. Okay. Well, in it, David Cronenberg, the director, plays a serial killer. He plays like like uh, evil serial killer in it. Okay. And he has this really creepy, like almost it's like human skin mask with buttons for eyes. Well, Ugh. dude from tag, the tag team has that mask. So anybody who comes out in a nightbreed mask automatically has my vote. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing with this. But I will say they botched this debut because Jim Ross admitted afterwards that he hadn't been told they were going to debut. So he was going cold. You know Jim Ross doesn't know who these guys are. You've got to help the man. He can barely X, remember the Excalibur name.
1: Excalibur did his best to save it. He, you know, he—he's obviously going to know who they are. But I mean,
0: but Jim, uh, you've got to help Jim Ross in a situation like yeah. this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give him something to say. Hey, some guys are going to come out. Say this about them.
1: You know, who the hell, are these guys? In, are they coming? To, no, they, they don't call it straight from hell underneath the ring in AEW. They're coming yeah. out of hell. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and any—you know—you've got to help. Like Jim Ross can't remember the names. Some of the names of some of the people that are on the show. Right. You've got to give him something to work, including with his here.
1: commentary colleagues.
0: Make it like make us watching it. If we don't know these guys, feel bad for not knowing. Like like we should know. These people are important, right? These are important people. We go, oh god, these are they're important people that are that's beating up Cody. Oh wow, this is crazy. The, I guess I guess it is cool that he's wearing a monocle and not goofy at all. You know what I mean? Like you've ha- help him put them over. Uh, otherwise, we're gonna be sitting there just like him, going, I don't know who these people are. I don't know why I should care. Yeah. So, and it's unfortunate because it was a cool debut, and they have a great look, but it, it definitely, I think, undercut it a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I, I thought that this could have been executed. Uh, it, it was executed well, but the commentary kind of didn't do it any favors. Uh, from if you were just watching it as someone that was unaware of you know of that stuff and who these guys were, and yeah, I I had heard, uh, I had seen some stuff on Twitter about it because I've been traveling all week, so I was playing catch up yesterday. And I was like, "Oh, that looks interesting. I can't yeah. wait to see that." And then when it happened, I was like, "Oh man, that was awesome!" And then the commentary is just kind of yeah, the b- audience was like, it's, it's, "You got Excalibur Chicago. over here that knows what the hell's going on," and then nobody yeah. else really understands what's happening.
0: And, I'm, and Chicago can be a very lively crowd. They can also die real quick on you if they don't, if yep. they don't, they're like, if they're not selling it, they'll sit down. Yeah. Uh, we also they did not sit down during this next match: Kenny Omega versus Pack. Oh.
1: Huh, I didn't know I, how bad I
0: needed this. I'm shocked they gave this away on TV. Yes. Uh, Pac losing clean to Kenny Omega. Should he have lost? I mean, he's still number two behind Moxley in the men's rankings on AEW, even with this loss. Um. So I guess, he, I guess he could afford it. I mean, my question here was could Pac afford this loss? I think that's the definition of being able to afford it. He can lose and still be number two.
1: I think Kenny was teetering on the edge of, not irrelevance, but out of the game. And I think he needed to get one back. But that's here, just, I think that was exactly,
0: could've. yeah. No, you, t- you nailed it. That's yeah. exactly what, what Kenny's booking has been. Is teetering on the edge of irrelevance, losing too many matches, uh, pulling himself back up by his bootstraps, and needed to beat a guy as high as Pac who could afford a loss. This is why having those scorecards is actually a really good idea for booking. Because you and I, who are who are just you know armchair enthusiasts and are sitting here uh, handicapping it, can yes. look at it and say, Kenny Omega really needs to beat somebody big to get his mojo back to make us believe he's getting his mojo back. But who can he beat that's big that's not going to be damaged by the loss? Right, Pack, Pack, Boom. Okay, so Pack doesn't drop in the rankings. Uh, the busted. But but uh, but Kenny looks good for beating him
1: yeah he does great stuff good booking all around and the match was lights out and the match was great give these guys like 20 more minutes yep just i mean oh my god
0: so before uh, speaking of uh, giving them lots of time uh we had a surprisingly short little brawl segment here dustin rhodes coming out he's back he calls out jake hager for busting his arm in the car door and we end up with a big brawl with uh, lax or proud and powerful Hager and uh, the Young Bucks come out to uh, to run in as well. This was, you know, compared to the brawls we've seen from these guys in the last few shows, this was really quick. Like this was under five minutes. Why do you think they? Is it because they don't want to oversaturate us with brawls between them all, and they just didn't run out? They ran out of time. What do you think was the reason this was this was so short?
1: We spent a lot of time with the Inner Circle and in Jericho during the celebration at the top of the show, and I think there's some other players in this. Such as Dustin, such as Jake Hager, uh, that are circling, that are orbiting everything else that's going on around Jericho and the elite. And I think this was just an opportunity to uh, get them some shine, let them, let keep remind everybody who everybody is and who hates who and who wants to fight who. Sure. Because this, to me, is developmental. It was developing additional feuds. It's it's Mm. it's building additional programming. So yeah, I can't wait to see Jake Hager. and, uh, and Dustin Rhodes get in a fight or Proud and Powerful and Bucks have another feud or s- just whatever it comes out of stuff like this. I think it's smart so- to have
0: Hager's first major feud with Dustin. That yeah, makes a ton of sense to me because you can have him just murder Dustin, hurt him bad and Dustin's so loved right now that that's going to make Hager look great and put all kinds of heel heat on him. So yeah, I think maybe. it's brilliant. Uh, so he-
1: He's going to be the big, big man uh, on, the, on the dirty side. I-, I can't wait for him to turn on Jericho.
0: Oh, come on. Come on, Vince. Calm down.
1: I'm just saying. What,
0: ha- what happened to keeping it in your in your pants? That's got to be at least a year down the road if he ever turns on him. If he ever does. Yeah. Calm down. Okay. Hashtag Nick Booking. Moving on. Uh, Diamond. The, the Dynamite Diamond Ring Finals. Last week we had the Battle Royale. This week it came down to the two finalists, MJF and Hangman Page. And I'm sorry. If you thought it was anybody other than MJF winning this match, you have not been paying attention. Right. Uh and also that seems to be it's just so funny for a guy that over the summer we were starting to call Hangman Reigns. Uh Hangman is now Mr. Almost. He was he almost beat Jericho, right? He was almost the top guy. Uh here he is almost beating MJF. He's almost he's getting so close so many times and he's basically the guy the fall guy. He's the the top mid-tier talent or the bottom top-tier talent. Like he's the guy you put people against uh, pack for instance, you know he he lost the rubber match, um, so it's it's interesting to see this happen again to him. I'm wondering at what point they pull the trigger on him, or if this is just his role. Uh, but I think, frankly, after looking at at you and I and going, uh, oh, don't make him the Roman Reigns of AEW. It's a bad idea. It's not really it's not how he, what he projects. You know what he projects? The almost guy. Yeah. This is the perfect position for him. I think. Um, I hope for the sake of his career, he doesn't get pigeonholed here. But it, that that is what he feels like, at the start of AEW. Like they can they build him up more probably, but right now he definitely feels like he should be the almost guy.
1: Wasn't he always the sideline sixth man of sorts in the elite in New Japan as well? Anyway, <laughs> a little bit. Is he kind of bit. portraying the same thing here behind the, Cody yeah. and Kenny in the Bucks?
0: He's the he's the scrappy little brother. Yeah, you know.
1: So I. I'm not mad at what he and no. it worked out pretty damn good for him doing that coming out of the you know so let him keep being yeah that guy. he's he's got an executive I'm position with the it. company he's
0: not he's not yeah. hurting he ain't hurting yeah this is this worse place to be in a company than you know the, the Barry Wyndham
1: so the hangman rain stuff came at the like that's all we heard about was was hangman page well got because page he was getting through the, the summer he
0: was getting the Roman reigns push all summer yeah so, yeah. but no, it, it, I think it worked out well. Like they, they proved to me that they knew what they were doing with that booking. So I am mad at it, and it was also the right idea to have MJF win here uh, with a little Wardlow interference, naturally, and mm. then and then to have Diamond Dallas Page come out, which I thought was a nice touch to have Diamond Dallas Page give out the dynamite diamond, diamond ring. There's a mouthful.
1: Uh, to can MJF, I, can I and, just say how can I just say how excited I am about Wardlow? Oh, I. Uh, <laughs> Big man Dick Keel in a suit. It's just oh, like it's, 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 it's checking t- all my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it t- yes,
0: I'll tell you right now. I'm I'm much more okay with you being a, a big on Wardlow than I am having you be big on Jackson Riker. uh Neither one will be main eventing WrestleMania, but I, but Wardlow is still. Uh, he he gets a little bit too much. He gets a little too over hulked out for me. Still, like he gets a little too hyped up on himself, oh. but. I, I, he's, I love that. He's definitely got a lot of a uh, lot of presence. So I'm okay. curious what they do with him. I like the fact that Diamond Dallas Page uh tried to tell MGF I'm not a fan of what of you know what you do, but you did win this, so I guess you deserve this. And MGF you basically suck,
1: but I'm an honorable man, so here's your damn yes, ring, you yes. idiot. <laughs>
0: um and then like he goes <laughs> yep. to shake his hand and MGF sticks some gum in his own hand to shake his hand. Uh,
1: and oh, then, uh now here's the thing, and then Wardlow and DDP Good get shit. into it.
0: Are we are we going to see a Wardlow DDP feud, or was this just to go, just to show us that Wardlow is the heavy with MJF here?
1: Just be the heavy and beat down an old legend, you know. Just th- that, just an ultimate kind of shitty dick move. Just beat down an old man just because you can, you know. I, that's what I take away from it. No feuds or anything. Yeah. So, but good stuff.
0: MJF now has the ring. One more thing, to gloat about helps him be more of a dick heel. Love it. Big yep. dick, dick heel in a scarf with a big dick heel in a suit. <laughs> Uh, so, next week on AEW Dark, these were matches that were taped at the same time as the show Jimmy Havoc versus Brandon Cutler, Sean Spears versus Sunny Kiss, and uh, Santana Ortiz versus Jurassic Express. And Nala Rose will be the guest commentator on that version of AEW, AEW Dark. Next week on AEW Proper, the uh, Best Friends and Lucha Brothers feud will continue. Phoenix is going one on one with Trent. Uh, Dustin and the mm. Bucks will be facing off against Proud and Powerful and Sammy Guevara. And, uh, then you also have John and you have a feeling that Jake Hager will get involved in that. And, uh, John Moxley and Joe Janela look like they're going to have a match. It hasn't been officially announced yet. I don't think, but, uh, yeah, it looks like Moxley and Janela will have a match, which should be interesting.
1: Can I also throw some love out to AEW that they announce the cards like this, not only in advance of the show, but to stop to at the start of the show. Like they tell you exactly what you're going to see tonight on AEW I wish WWE did more of that. They tend to do it throughout the show, as you go through the show, and but I mean, at least they're just they're 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 laying it out on the table for you. Like, if you want to watch, here's what we're gonna do tonight, and they're even doing it days in advance of the show. So I, I just wanted to throw some shout out for that. I, mean, I, already, I already miss know, that kind of stuff.
0: I already know like some of the matches that are gonna be on Raw next because they've announced them. But one thing that that WWE has been doing of late, uh, more and more, they've been doing it for a while, but of late, a lot more is baiting and switching, where they, yeah. they say we're going to have this match or that match, and then it never happens. Um, Raw sales, like live sales, apparently this last week, were really down. And uh, for, the, for the, NXT, the NXT show, they were trying to sell Raw tickets. And they were promoting Raw as having a cage match between Seth Rollins and The Fiend. And, of course, that never happened on Raw. So they're, they're now promoting matches for their own shows. And this has been going on for a while. Remember the debacle of the uh, first SmackDown on Fox where they're they're baiting and switching people. And that's really, like, if they keep that up, if they keep being lazy about that, that's going to really bite them in the ass. Um,
1: I've got two SmackDowns here local to me in the next 60 days. One's in Fayetteville on December 6th and one's in January in Greensboro, both about 145, both about 45 minutes away from me in opposite directions. And and i got to tell you, they're already talking Daniel Bryan and The Fiend for December 6th SmackDown in Fayetteville, and I'm going... I- I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to give that away. That's going to be a TLC match. Yeah. That's correct. So yeah, I hate that baiting and switching stuff. It's it just it's not fair to the people that are dropping hundreds of dollars on tickets, concessions, travel, all that stuff to come to the show and not get what you're advertising. I would I would be upset about
0: that. Hot take howl strikes again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a common conception, but yes, Nick, uh, I agree. I'm glad that they've announced what's happening next week. It sounds like some exciting matches. We'll have to wait for that. We don't have to wait, though, to talk about another brand that had a great show this week, and that is
1: NXT. So the War Games Fallout party was happening with Tommaso Ciampa leading the shenaniganry in the ring. But it was interrupted by the undisputed era, who had a few choice words. Was that the for new Tommaso Ciampa?
0: Was that the new NXT theme, do you think? Like it was, it was funny because the entire NXT roster came out dressed in NXT shirts, heels and faces, partying together, referees, everybody was out there partying with the crowd. I, okay, I you know, I, I, I'm I, not a member of the modern pop culture, so I couldn't tell you who that rapper was who was rapping the song live. Um, all I know is he had his cell phone out reading his own lyrics on the stage. Um, so automatically automatically i have very little respect for him
1: well they kept cutting back to the live event and the footage playback from war games and i i couldn't keep up with what was going on it was it was kind of a mess but Butter, i understood what they were doing
0: butters you're in chat you're you're in tune with the kids like who the heck was that rapper who was rapping that <laughs> the, <laughs> that that new and i hope that's not the new nxt theme anyway yes they kept cutting back to like recap of of takeover in survivor series you know, this whole thing was a celebration we won survivor series we just put on a great war games takeover pay-per-view uh, we're celebrating we're nxt yay aren't you all happy you're watching us and uh then as you said nick the undisputed eric came out to stop all the music stop the partying and say hey the only reason you won survivor series is because of us even though three of us had matches that were... Well, two of us lost our match. One of us had a match that was irrelevant to winning Survivor Series. And then the other one won his match. So, yay, Roddy yeah. Strong! You actually helped. But uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. It's Undisputed Era. That's what they're supposed to do is come out and be snarky. right? Um, But uh, this all ended with the other NXT four, as you said, Champa, uh, Donovan, Donovan... Donovan Dijak. Dijak! Oh, DiJack. Thank you. Thank you. Dijack, Keith Lee, and uh, Matt Riddle all hopping into the ring to face off with them, and uh, ended up, of course, uh, we it was promoted last week that we were going to have Lee and Dijack versus uh, Fish and Kylo Riley. Uh, which right there, I mean, mm, mm, that, sorry, let me wipe the saliva off of my lips because that sounds delicious. And it was until Keith Lee went and threw Bobby Fish over the top rope onto Kyle O'Reilly, and Fish came down weird and clunked his head on the ground. And we went very quickly to commercial and came back and Roderick Strong was in for Bobby Fish in, in his slacks. in his jeans, <laughs> in his black jeans and his and his uh his underpants. Scorpio sticking Sky out call out
1: anyone from I a few w- weeks ago? No. Oh.
0: Well, he, this seemed a lot less intentional than that one because Bobby Fish yeah. definitely clonked his head pretty bad. No, apparently- Lee,
1: had, Lee had trouble getting him up, had, had pressing him all the way up, and then when he threw him, the catch was terrible. He didn't get as far as he probably thought he would, and he kind of just fell straight to the floor. And I thought he, he landed on his shoulder awkwardly, but no, apparently it was some sort of uh, either concussion yeah. or head injury or something along those lines. Do we have any official word on what the injury he sustained was at this point?
0: Uh, concussion. Yeah. Concussion. concussion. And, I, okay. and I think he had some sort of bone damage. It wasn't a fracture, but mm. something, something around his jaw or cheek was messed
1: up. That's not good.
0: Well, it's better than having his whole knee replaced. He should be back in a week <sighs> or two, as opposed to being that out poor for fricking months. Is he, too, is he too, is he too injury prone? Like, or would you be worried about him if you were the higher ups or would you just be like, ah, he, you know, it's worth it. Like There's a certain point
1: you worry about that with professional athletes, That's such I as need. in football and basketball, and even baseball, for that matter, because you just lose a lot of that billy. But I don't know how that goes with professional wrestlers. I mean, if you're out six to nine months every year because yet another thing breaks, snaps, tears, etc., <laughs> at a certain point, is that a diminishing return on investment for the people that are booking you? That's what I'm K- saying. Kind of. Yeah. That's what I'm saying.
0: Uh, at least, you know the great thing about the undisputed era is you can sub guys in like this, and it works. And and it's yeah. and it did work. This was also and they really even told us
1: Freebird rules. Roderick Strong subs in, and there's just the match goes on, and every but nothing. Skips Gotta a love beat, it. It was perfect.
0: Gotta love it, and it was nice to see the Monstars back together. Nick, our yeah. boys, DiJack <laughs> and Lee, back together. A um, lot of Lee and DiJack doing big man moves, um, and then you know DiJack just for shits and giggles, just does a front flip off the top rope to the outside. Cause DiJack, it's just DiJack doing DiJack. Six things.
1: foot eight man doing a springboard somersault onto <laughs> other dudes uh, <sighs> outside to the outside of the. Just because, because and that Dijak. wasn't the
0: only thing. Adam Cole came out at one point to to interfere in the match, and Keith Lee, who was outside, saw him coming, and pounced that boy into the front row. He hooked like he hit him so hard he went. Adam Cole went flying over two people and into four other very obviously set-up people who were in the crowd. They were supposed to to take that hit, but it didn't, didn't matter. That would, what a great-looking move and moment that was.
1: So uh, That's one thing I wanted to call attention to. They, they finally figured out that if you're going to have Keith Lee pounce someone, do it with the tiniest person on the roster, Adam Cole, <laughs> because it looks like he, got, he did a lap around the earth. He so went so far.
0: <laughs> about six months ago, right after Adam Cole won the title, Um, they were doing house shows and Keith Lee and Adam Cole were actually doing a bunch of matches together and doing these kinds of pounce spots where Keith Lee would just knock Adam Cole for 15 feet. So they got very good at this. Uh, and as you can see here, Keith Lee definitely is like a, he's like a, a, uh, uh, it's like target practice for him, you know? Yeah. So, um, that was a really awesome spot, and the boy, the crowd lit up for that because it it looked amazing. That where that being said, somewhere AC Romero is waiting for his check. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, yeah, so that they did lose after after that. Keith Lee was stuck on the outside, and DiJack ended up getting uh, tag teamed on the inside, and for the loss, uh, couldn't get
1: back, get back in the ring quick enough to interrupt. No, then, yeah. so
0: Undisputed Air retains their titles even with Bobby Fish being injured. Uh, next, we had a. I don't know what you would call this match. Uh, uh, it was Shane, Mr. Excitement, Thorne versus Mansoor. Uh, Mansoor getting some TV after after having a nice showing in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'm Dude, I'm worried about Shane Thorne because he lost to Mansoor here. And I think Mansoor is super charismatic. He's got some moves. I think the guy is going to get over. But I dude, what has Shane Thorne done? Since, since TM61 broke up, like, I
1: don't know. I, I'm I'm hesitant to say this, but I don't know that there's any room for other heel singles wrestlers in NXT right now, especially get, ones
0: that look like a randomized creator wrestler.
1: Yes, generic wrestler A on WWE 2K. Seriously, and so I, I, that's where I was going. It's like, what are, what is it when you ask them what's the deal with Shane Thorne, What's holding him and or back? I'm going. Nothing really. It's just really full at the top right yeah. now. Um,
0: I could see I could see them holding Mansoor back because, you know, he just does he does look a little bit small compared to the other guys. Like needs to bulk up a little bit. He needs
1: bit. to be in the cruiser weights. Let him he's go a, play with Leo and all that exactly. stuff.
0: Exactly. Like that's that's more, I think, his speed, but he's you know, he's he's gonna be a great babyface. But Shane Thorne, and I really want to like Shane Thorne. He's got a lot of things that You know, he's definitely a certain charisma, a certain attitude that I like. It's just not—it's just not clicking. It's just not quite there. He reminds me a little bit of Riddick Moss, where I'm like, you've got all of the tools. For some reason, they're just not aligning. And also, anybody who's got a berserk tattoo automatically gets ahead in my book. Uh, If no one knows what I'm talking about, it's that little symbol on his abdomen, lower abdomen there. Um, My probably my favorite. One of my favorite manga of all time. One of the greatest manga of all time. Berserk. Mmm. Mmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's what's up with Shane Thorne. I really I want him to be good. And then he comes out yep. for this match. And I'm just kind of like, it's just not there. And he puts hey. over, and he's putting over Mansoor. So they obviously know, too, that there's something that's just not, not quite yeah. there.
1: They'll find it. They'll find something to do with him or not.
0: Or they won't. And he'll go over to New Japan with his buddy. Yep. So, uh, all right. So... We next had a match between uh, Dakota Kai, the newly healed Dakota Kai, and Candice LeRae. Uh, Promo beforehand, Dakota Kai saying, We know Tegan Knox is still out with her bum knee, but Dakota Kai ruined. But today, Dakota Kai isn't facing Candice, nicey, nicey Candice LeRae. She's facing Tegan Knox's pissed off big sister. All right. So. First look at newly healed Dakota Kai. Nick, last week you said that Dakota Kai was going to be the next failed heel turn like Bailey. What do you think now that you've seen Dakota Kai coming out with her new theme and working a match heel, including finishing a match with a DQ because she went and got a chair and hit uh, Candice Ray with a chair and just healed the shit out of her at the end of this match, uh, ran her into the stairs till her mouth bled, and then ran away when Rhea Ripley came out for the save. You've got a full match of Dakota Kai heel. What did you think?
1: I owe Dakota Kai an apology.
0: Ah! And me, son of a bitch.
1: And you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And frankly, I should have known better because NXT. They just know how to do this in NXT. They know how to turn people one way or the other and execute it magnificently in NXT. And I don't know what the disconnect is between this... Yes, I do. we do. (laughs) We won't go down that rabbit hole. Uh, this was this was done ex- was just so good. Neutron, new music. You got the vibe immediately before step one was taken out onto the stage. All the new graphics, the new music, and everything, and you just felt it. You were just like, "Oh God, this is she's oh this is mean." Yes, and then she comes out. She's got the new hair, and it looks like some vicious glow wrestler from 1983. It just, I'm like, yes. Oh, this is just this is gonna be awesome! And then all the things you rattled off—the beat. She walked out with Tegan's knee brace. Oh, you bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Before she ever comes down the ramp, I'm in on this. Yes. And and then the match, the backstage thing with Candice saying, "This is not your. This is Tegan yeah, pissed Knox's off. pissed-off best friend,
0: older sister. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. All this stuff. Yeah. This was so much better executed than Bailey coming out and slashing it inflatable." Okay. <laughs>
0: oh, hold on. I'm, I'm I'm gonna stop you there because okay. I thought that her slashing the Bailey buddies was the best thing about her heel turn.
1: That's not saying a lot, though. It was good. Well, I did like that part. But, that's but that was the best part ne- it's been about it so far. But
0: she needed to grow from there. And her diss yeah. in the audience right afterwards was great too. Bailey had that moment where she could have absolutely nailed her heel turn. Here's where she fails. Is Dakota Kai feels evil and vicious. The way she worked in this match where she was trying, to, she felt like she was trying to hurt Candice LeRae with her moves in this match. It looked like she was trying to hurt her, not beat her, hurt her. Um, her facial expressions, her mannerisms, her just overall physical presentation. It was her performance. Yes, you had the music. Yes, you had the Neutron. Yes, you had her coming out with like obvious stuff like having the, the knee brace and you had her running around the stairs at the end of the match. But it's the stuff between that. It's the peanut yeah. butter and jelly, not the bread, that makes the sandwich. And in this particular case, that's all Dakota Kai's performance. And was, and if you go back and listen to our show, Nick, last week I said it's Dakota Kai is a better performer than Bailey. She will pull this off because she's going to perform as a heel better than Bailey does. And if you look at the way Bailey came out during Survivor Series in her stupid little Cleopatra head thing, she looked like she was sad to be there. She looked yeah. mopey. She had no energy. She had no, like, it was just, it was all very muddled.
1: She's you, miserable Karen at the grocery store. You know, it's, it's. Yeah. What I said she's,
0: she's miserable postpartum de- de- depression Karen. She's not vicious. I'm angry. Screw all you people. Bailey, which is what she should be. You know, uh, Bailey, Bailey and Dakota Kai, I think started off on similar characters, you know, smiley, happy, peppy. And you're going to a dark place with those characters. Dakota Kai as a performer is showing Bailey how she should have done it. And even if Bailey doesn't want to go, I don't want to be the vicious, whatever, I just want to be the asshole. You're not being an asshole, you're just being dour and glum, and that's boring. That's yeah. and that's there's nothing that's the death of a character quicker than being boring. And unfortunately, Bailey right now is a boring heel, and that's not necessarily even to do with the main roster's booking of her it's her performance as well and Lord knows you and I have defended Bailey for years I want her to do this better I want her to do this well but she's not and it's her performance as much as anything like you could give her uh, you know much better things to say you can give her much better scenarios but if she doesn't come out there and feel like you know this hateful spiteful person as opposed to just kind of like yeah, I don't like you guys. Uh, you know, the, the energy isn't there. Dakota Kai and, was vibrating with that heel energy.
1: And Sasha Banks has mostly carried Bailey around. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Well,
0: because Sasha is a different kind of heel character. She's the swaggery, cocky, asshole heel. And she embodies that. I, thank God she's finally getting to be the boss from NXT again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know it's a, she's got a different think she's calling it now, or like a bit of a tweaked version of it. Don't care. Sasha is a brilliant heel. She should have been heel years ago. Years ago. Um, Bailey mm. still have a long way to go. But it was yeah. great. To, I'm 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 glad that you saw what I saw in the Kodokai. Nailed the I heel did. character. I can't wait to see more out of this. And it feels a little bit different than Io Shirai, who's like insane evil heel. Oh yeah, Bianca Belair, who's cocky. You know, cocky kind of asshole heel, and Shayna Baszler, who's just you know, I'll tear your arm off.
1: I'll tear your arms off and beat you with them kind of heel.
0: Yeah, the beast. She's a female <laughs> <Yes>. beast.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so we also had a video package from Cameron Grimes, who apparently now speaks in the third person about Cameron Grimes and how it's from the Bayou. I love this. I'm from I the Bayou. This is old. This was old school, man. This is some old school '80s gimmickry. Right here. Well, like even, even then, it rem-
1: it reminded me of some of the stuff they were doing with uh, the the very very beginnings of the Wyatt family. Like for six months, we were watching those rocking chair vignettes and stuff in barns out on the middle of some plot in the middle of the Carolinas. You know, and, and that's what. So, I, if, in case you don't know, Cameron Grimes, Trevor Lee is from Burlington, North Carolina. For those of you, I know there's several of you from the Carolinas here. So, 40 minutes up the street from me, uh, Burlington, North Carolina. Um. This – he needed this. It gave him an identity. He didn't just walk out in a top hat with no explanation. Right. It <laughs> gave him a bit of that sort of bayou, southern charm kind of guy, you know? Let it that's get that's it. what – sure, sure, yeah. you know? it. He needed this, and I, I as much shine as they've been putting on that guy the last three or four months – I'm I'm I was excited to see this. This was a pleasant surprise on NXT this week.
0: Yeah, and also him putting over the fact that he beats guys quicker than anybody else. He's like, I'll stomp them and match us over.
1: Oh, well, uh, that stomp's beautiful too. Oh.
0: And, yeah, and it, and he does it does play into This is so this is an example of how like and this is a I thought this was so close to being goofy gimmickry. Like just uh, little little Syrian Dangerous chin hair away away from being just like Southpaw wrestling. Yeah. Gimmick like kind of gimmick uh well, i'm the i'm the cajun from from louisiana oh look at me oh uh, you know i like it like them chillins and some lobster yeah um but at the same time yeah he did pull it off it's fun and it does explain the rest of his character it's all it all meshes together right his look his his mannerisms his in-ring style a little bit more like technical but at the same time dirty and smash mouth um the stupid hat like it does tie all together now into a gimmick that even Vince McMahon could be proud of because when, when Vince nails a gimmick when he nails somebody with a gimmick that actually fits their character and who they are yeah um, and they can make it work as opposed to just being like a, a piece of wallpaper that you stick over a hole um, th- it, it, it does mesh this feels like it meshes with everything Um yep. Even though it is, it's man, it's awful close. To too much.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Skeptically optimistic. Skeptically Play optimistic. Out. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So by the funny. way, people that are eating chitlins can never afford lobster. Let's just get that out there right now. You don't, you don't be, You obviously ain't southern, so you don't put chitlins. With you're right. No lobster. I'm
0: a California boy. I'm gonna say crawfish. <laughs> crawfish, boy, man.
1: Uh, shrimp. Good shrimp at two much. shrimp. If you're eating down there in a Cajun country. That's right. We got
0: some scrimps yeah. and scrimps and grits. Yeah. Charles some stew. Yes. Now I want some gumbo. All right. So then, the next match we had Akira Tozawa challenging for the cruiserweight championship against Leo Rush. Who knew, Nick? Who knew that letting two little cruiserweights be fast and creative was the key to exciting cruiserweight matches? Who who knew that we could have been having matches like this on two hundred five live all along?
1: I don't know. Have you ever watched the Uh, junior heavyweight division in New Japan? You ever watched the cruiserweight division back in
0: WCW in '97? Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Little guys doing quick, speedy, creative things. It's literally what you should have in a cruiserweight division. Like, what the hell? Where has this been? Uh, These guys have been in the cruiserweight division. Why were they not why were all the cruiserweights not doing matches like this? What who in the back was keeping them from doing? Because this is obviously right in their wheelhouse this is like hair pulling to me because this match was yep. so awesome it was so awesome like you uh, had tozawa there for how long
1: like he's, five years now and he's it's able
0: just... to Leo rush is out there <sighs> yammering about Bobby Lashley you could have been having him doing matches like this yep. come on thank
1: lights out
0: uh, thank God they get it in NXt because man this match was awesome just flips and fast moves and creative spots and I feel if the like
1: decision hadn't been made yet. This match right here, especially after the last couple of weeks' matches we've had around Leo Rush, uh, this match right here was to me the just absolute nail in the head of why NXT needs to absorb the cruiserweight division and just do away with the whole over gimmicked two hundred five live thing altogether and just have a division. And just forget you did 205 Live. There was some good stuff in there. But let's just get back to some simple, basic, cruiserweight, high-flyer wrestling. Because this is right here. This one match was the defining thing for me of all that. And we go back and look at Umberto Carrillo. Uh, You look at the, the matches we've had over the last couple of weeks. Look at the triple threat you had out of nowhere that you just made up that you had at Survivor Series. Right. Just awesome. Yeah. God, I just this isn't hard, guys. And it also You're just overthinking it,
0: uh, or they're underthinking. it. I don't know. I you know I think that it's, uh, and Butters makes a good chant, good point in the chat here, uh, where he said they didn't want them outshining the main roster when they're coming after the main roster show. It's a different style altogether, which is also it's frustrating if that's the perception. Well, we can't have them making having more exciting matches in the main roster. It's different. They're different styles of matches completely uh, you want the audience to be hyped you don't want the audience to be sitting there going well that was almost exciting
1: i don't uh, want six big boy matches in, i mean i kind of would but that's just, yeah you, you do you you need some paint you need some stuff in the middle of you can't have six high flyer crazy flippy shit matches no. in a row because the audience is just oh, oh buffet, God, create, no more it's you yes. know
0: multiple courses but yeah. uh well, again, with this match, it also shows why it was a smart idea to take the title off of Drew Gulak and put it on Leo Rush because Leo Rush is the definition of what a cruiserweight should be—little, insanely fast guy who can do amazing, high-flying moves. Have a bunch of other guys come along: Angel Garza, uh, Akira Tozawa. When Kashida gets better, I can't wait for him to have a match with Leo Rush. Mm. Um, you know, just have all these smaller guys go out there and ball out. Hell yes, against Leo rush. Hell yes. I feel bad that Gulak has now been relegated to jobber number three on SmackDown, but hey, you know what I mean. Like there's a <laughs> there's only so much room, um, but yeah, it's I, you know the 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 scuttlebutt is Cesaro's on the way out. I've been talking about how he's on his his farewell tour, putting people over after this match and seeing how in shape the dude's got. Like if you haven't seen uh, pictures of Cesaro, I think it was like six or seven years ago in Japan. Um, dude looked like Toro Yano. Like he was he was a big boy, big chunky man. And he is shredded right now. That dude is is in as good a shape as I've ever seen him. So I mm-hmm. I really hope they make play to keep Tozawa, because he's I think massively underrated. Massively I
1: underrated. I, I unfortunately I think he's already gone.
0: I think so too, but I never say never, man. You know Triple H has done some miracles with some other people the, the, you know look at look at the um, what they pulled off with Leo Rush and yeah. I've got some news later about some other guys who may not be as out as we thought they were either
1: mm, so okay. it's
0: you know these days WWE it's, it's in there they have the money and the motivation to keep people around so we'll see what happens yeah. with that uh, next we had a rather short match between Zia Lee and Vanessa Bourne, stemming from the fact that Zia Lee quote unquote kicked the face off of Aaliyah even though they showed us the still image of her kicking Aaliyah in the nose and it was on the ear. (laughs) Whatever.
1: Um, Where she turned her head to the side and had her hands up, but she somehow still kicked her in the nose. Protected
0: as hell. Uh, Whatever. Xylee came out and, uh, once again, looked very strong, very quickly took out Vanessa Bourne. Before getting uh, interrupted by Shayna Baszler, Muna Shafir, and Jessamine Duke, who all came out to stare her down and then attack her in the ring. And Lee did hold her own for a while against the three of them uh, before ultimately succumbing. And um, and and then Shayna cut a really, I thought, fantastic promo. Um, and then uh, basically called out Rhea Ripley, saying, "You know, I've seen your kind before, and you're gonna, I'm gonna take you out too." And of course, Rhea Ripley came out, and they had a little stare down. And Rhea Ripley said, cool, let's do this right now. And Shayna basically said, no, and walked away.
1: Nah. Um, Which I'm glad they didn't save that. Oh, no. It's going but, to be good.
0: Oh, but I was—I got all of the tingles thinking about when it finally happens. Oh, yes. So, a um, couple things here. It, was it just me, or was this one that, like, Shayna is, by the way, I love Shayna Baszler. I know people, there's some people that are down on her. I think she is the total package. She is nailing her mic work. She's... Uh, Nailing her presence. Um, I love her presentation all around. And this was just a great segment. The way that she, she played off of everyone. Whether it's Rhea Ripley or her little horsewoman pals. It was awesome all around.
1: Yeah, I, I'm personally a little down because I would like for her to be able to do more than stomp people's elbows and put them in a clutch hold. I, I feel like that's kind of her arsenal and it's very kind of limited there, but it comes along the pedigree of ass-whipping in MMA, and you understand all of that, and she's now had the title for two years? So Uh, This run
0: has been over a year. This, this, This run alone.
1: Right. So on and off for a couple of years, she's been at the top of the women's division in NXT, period, stop. So, I mean, yeah, she's proven herself to me, and you've seen improvement over the course of that time. As a champion, now she has the backup of Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. They've got their own. They've got the Horsewomen faction together, and if they do this right and bring it all up,
0: Marina Shafir out here trying to be the new Kylo rally with her facials. By the way, oh my god!
1: Yeah, that, whatever, the, <laughs> was whatever that was at the at the top. Whatever of the it rant. was
0: was whatever it was was great. <laughs> was so, awesome. uh, but the thing is, can they can they hold off on this? February twentieth, I believe, is the next NXT pay per view. It will be on a Sunday. Uh, they're doing it. Completely they're not solo. doing one
1: for Royal Rumble.
0: Nope, Worlds Collide on Royal Rumble weekend. They're not doing an NXT takeover. They're doing it. They're doing it on their own. They're on their own. They're a full third brand. They're getting their whole their own pay per view.
1: All right, all right um, then.
0: but Excellent. can can yes. this? Do you think they can hold this out for two months? I don't know.
1: That's Probably a long, not. That's a that's long, long time. time in wrestling time.
0: Yeah, eight eight shows of building this. My goodness, we'll see. We'll see what they can do uh last but not certainly not least champa versus balor (sighs) yeah this was set up at the top of the show too balor came out and champa's like that's right boy i got you tonight and uh okay so i saw people online who were underwhelmed by this and i was you were underwhelmed
1: i liked the anticipation of it more than what i actually got you, I, so you, liked, I liked the appetizer that I got. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to call it an appetizer. Because that's what I felt it was. I too. was left wanting more. Exactly.
0: That was. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly the point. I know that people yeah. have gotten spoiled on NXT giving you these pay-per-view quality matches on them. Yeah. But that shouldn't be their stock in trade because then people are going to kill themselves when you get to the pay-per-view. Like you have to have appetizer matches. Matches that leave you wanting more. That they're good. And this was a good match. Um, but it definitely was – these guys still have a lot in the can to bring out if they have a bigger match down the line.
1: And high marks for me as well as the way it got set up. You had Ch- Champa in the ring and the Undisputed Air at the top of the ramp, jaw jacking with each other. All of a sudden, Balor's music hits, and he comes out and because chall- Champa's challenging Cole for his – he wants Goldie back. Balor comes out and stands in front of the Undisputed Air and goes, I'm standing in between you and that title. Oh, shit. <laughs> and
0: then he beats You have Chompa. my
1: attention. He beats yeah. Chompa
0: with help from Undisputed Era, of course. Yeah.
1: 1916, you know, again. I'm One, like, two, three. Oh, I don't like the 1916 on Ciampa. Please don't hurt that man's don't, neck again. Don't touch his neck. <laughs> oh, God. Um,
0: but, yeah, so Chompa gets laid out, and then you've got Adam Cole and Finn Balor standing shoulder to shoulder, and Adam's kind of clapping him on his back and saying, that's right, my boy. Like You took him out for me. Way to go. And then, of course, of course, Finn Balor, Pele kicks Adam Cole, knocks him out, and stands over him. And it looks like Finn will be going for the NXT championship. And if there's a guy who should be getting it and be the like the big, scary, it's like, super boss, right now, Finn Balor would be the perfect guy to super do that. Super
1: boss. I love that.
0: Yeah. yeah. The dragon
1: be, to slay, as as we always say, right?
0: The final boss. And then that's a great story for Johnny Gargano when he comes back. The guy that took him out is now champ. Maybe we'll see. Um, mm. And it's someone Mm-mm-mm-mm. who could take Adam Cole's title and feels legit. So I yes. like I like all the things that they set up here. I somebody like, give Adam I Cole
1: thought. a vacation for for uh, just a for month, the love you
0: know? of God! For the love of God! He like, be-
1: even after all he's been through the last week, just yeah. the last just we'll just to focus in on the last week. He still got knocked five rows deep into the audience by Keith Lee and took a chair chair bump.
0: <laughs> that I- dude. That dude is gonna get like he's finally gonna lose this title, and they're gonna give him like two months off, and he's gonna go to like a a, a tropical island with Britt Baker, and we're not gonna hear from him.
1: Hey, Seth Rollins, <laughs> you you don't need to be on Twitter talking to Will Ospreay anymore. You, you, that's that's Adam Cole's job now, because those two dudes might have the highest work rate in in the company for 2019, in in wrestling, for in their
0: in their in their respective companies. Right. It's it's. I think it's between absurd. Those two. It's yeah, it's <laughs> insane. I mean, Adam Cole has definitely stepped it up more at the end of the year, whereas Osprey's just been going like a. Osprey's kind of taking the last couple of months of the year off a little bit relative to how his the rest of his year has been. Um, Can I like, pick
1: your brain about something while we're here, just real quick? We don't yeah. have to spend a lot of time on this. Real quick, there was a brief. To to. There was still a there was a brief period of time where Adam Cole was considered part of the elite. Yes, or, he was. or part uh, of Bullet Club in New Japan. When Finn Balor came out, and they've been doing these kind of things, it's something that had slipped my mind because it was so brief, and I think a lot of people skip over that as part of the Bullet Club lore. Is there anything to tie together there with the history of Finn Balor and Adam Cole? They were never uh, and, in,
0: but they weren't in Bullet Club at the same time. Um, you know, Cole was Cole was part of the elite, and he was ultimately killed by Adam Page, or supposedly, allegedly. Um, okay. You know, so this is. I mean, this isn't even Adam Cole that we're seeing here. This is Adam Cole's ghost, right? Fat, <laughs> fat bastard. Yeah. Um So no. In, in all seriousness, though, the the um, yes, they were. I mean, Finn Balor is the guy who created Bullet Club. One of the guys who created Bullet Club, and Adam Cole at at one point was a Bullet Club member. But it's okay. pretty it's pretty tenuous. And I mean, right. Cole Cole really wasn't a Bullet Club member that long, relatively speaking. So. Just yeah. something
1: I thought of. I ran across it over the course of the week when I was doing some reading and stuff on on Adam, looking it's at more of his backstory that, like, and
0: stuff. Yeah, you could briefly mention it, but they really don't want to mention Bullet Club in WWE. No. Um, and also, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but kind of the the shine is it, the dew is off the rose for Bullet Club. Like, it's just it's not as oh, yeah. cool as it was like two three years ago, where everybody was wearing one of these shirts and everybody had one of their own designs. You know what I mean? Like, there was there was a period where. You looked out in the crowd, and everyone had a Bullet Club t shirt on. Everyone, right. babies, moms, security guards, everyone had a Bullet Club t shirt on. Um, not so much anymore. So creating that tenuous bit of connection, I don't think would serve any purpose. Okay. Yeah.
1: I still I still hear Finn getting too sweeted all the time, and I just I'm curious as uh, if that could ever come into play with. He, as far yeah, as I'm concerned, I just to clear that up.
0: I mean, you know, I think I think him doing the the pistol now is more appropriate than him doing the two suite um, because if anything, you know, two suites should belong to Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. And any, anything beyond that is just, you know, you're, you're calling them out. Um,
1: even though they asked their permission, even though all that stuff fine. is fine. There was
0: a, there was a point at which, at which it was really cool for bullet club to do two sweet uh, AJ and all the rest of them. But, it's still Haul Nash, man. It's, you're, still doing, you're still doing their gimmick. That's, that, I'm, I'm, I'm old. What do I know? But, yeah. Nick, that's, uh, that's it for NXT. We still have plenty to talk about. We've got uh, uh, Damian Priest and, and Pete Dunne next week. Not oh. sure what they're going to do there. Uh, I thought this was settled, but there's more coming next week on NXT. But right now, we have to go talk about Friday Night SmackDown. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, at least you got it right, because Roman Reigns didn't when he opened up SmackDown Live. Oh, I'm sorry, no, Friday Night SmackDown. Roman Reigns dropped a SmackDown Live live on It's TV. hard not oh, to. Friday I night. have to check myself every time, dude. It is. I. It is. So, as I said, Roman Reigns kicks off the show, comes out. The big dog. Big comes out. Dog. Uh, we got the full one out of Michael Cole this week. There is only one true
0: big dog, and he's sitting in a kennel to my right here. Hell yes. With pieces of Roman Reigns in his mouth. We know and, and who the Abraham Castillo
1: thought. is about to find out yes. just how vicious he is.
0: Yes. What a what a vicious, vicious creature. No holds barred. He took Roman to the mat, man. Oh, that was horrible. But uh, yeah, so Roman Reigns kicks off the show, uh, comes out to recap Survivor Series and say, Yeah, you know, that's right. I I brought it home for Team SmackDown in the men's match because lol Roman wins. But yep. uh, and everyone on my team did a good job too. Uh, Strawn Broman, whatever he called him, uh, my man, my, the, uh, the underdog, Shorty Jack, I'm not even going to say it, Chad Gable, and of course Mustafa Ali. Uh, but he said, there was one dummy on my team, one big dummy, and I had to spear his ass out of the match. And that's King Corbin. I want Corbin to come out of here right now and apologize. And shockingly enough, Corbin came out. But he didn't come out to apologize, oh no, he wanted Roman to apologize because had Roman not speared him, he would have taken it home himself, blah, blah, blah. Roman was like, fine, let's have a match right now. Corbin said, no, but you can have a match with this guy, and out came Bobby Roode. Y'all know how this goes, this is WWE 101. Um, And then we have Roman Reigns having a match with Bobby Roode, while Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler are ringside. Roman Reigns matches 101. Literally, exactly what Roman was doing last year. Only last year it was uh, McIntyre, Ziggler, and Corbin. This year it's or it's Strowman, right? Am I got that right? For a minute, yeah. I don't know. For, three for, for three like guys. Two months. One yeah. One heavy and like two little goons. It's the same damn thing. Yeah. That being said, Nick, once again, and and credit to all the workers in this, that crowd was lit up for this match. They we, were We have
1: arrived freaking at, out. We've arrived at, they've they've successfully done what you and I two years ago would have said is impossible. They now have Seth Rollins getting booed even before <laughs> last week's <laughs> events, yeah, and Roman reigns coming out to huge pops and Roman R- Roman cheers, and they've superseded Roman. Congratulations. you've pulled it off.
0: You uh, know what's uh, fascinating we, about it is like we've always said, Roman's a fantastic worker. It's just their booking of him that's holding him back and also a bit of his disconnect from the audience. Those are kind of our major criticisms, right? Yeah. Well, he's now really connecting with the audience. Like, he's going out there and making it a point to connect with them while still keeping his his badass aura. So he's finally figured that out. Yeah. Um, they're still booking him the same for the most part, but he doesn't feel quite as, as OP. He's still very OP, but he's not as... Um, and it's, it's working. Like I, you know, it was it, the whole leukemia thing. God forbid it ever comes out that that was faked. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep well at night knowing it was not. How about that?
1: Agreed. Uh, um, I, I don't have any indication nor thinking none, that none, none it's of just,
0: that. It's just no. that, that evil to little be clear
1: for the record. Yeah, no, exactly. No one at busted wide open thinks that that was, no,
0: fake. again, Anunnaki, the reptile people, it's yeah. Roman Reigns doesn't have <laughs> leukemia.
1: All right, um, but it's
0: it's one of those things where it's fascinating to see how just those little tweaks, right? Him getting the sympathy from the audience with having to go away with getting sick, and then coming back, and those little extra points of connection that he makes now with his presentation, and all of that excellent ring work and that ability to work these exciting matches, the ability to make other people look good, how smooth he is. Um, and he can just have these killer matches. As many times as, as we've seen this format of match, as, as rote and as repetitive as it is, you give him someone who's competent, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, right? He can go in there and give you a match that will light up that crowd. And we can People forget that
1: Rude's for, in his 40s and has been doing this for 15, 20 years. You know, yo, they, they he's he can go in and do a match and make Roman Reigns look like a god.
0: Well, and and that's the thing. You and I have loved Bobby Rude for a while, and we have been yeah. frustrated at how he's been presented and you know the lack of love they've been giving him. And I still say they could have been using him better. But at the same time, here he is killing it in a match with Roman Reigns to open the show, and that crowd is loving it. I really don't know what to say besides that. Like, Alright, I could sit there on the couch and be like, I've seen this match a million times. i uh, bored out of my mind. I don't care who wins, even though I know Roman's going to. Um, you haven't given me any reason to believe that Baron Corbin is any kind of threat to Roman Reigns. It's taking three guys, because of how poorly you presented Baron Corbin, three guys for me to believe that they're any kind of threat to Roman Reigns. And yet, and yet, I can look at that live crowd and go, they're doing the right thing as far as that crowd is concerned because that crowd is entertained right now. Yeah. So I can sit there on my You know what weird like, little bug
1: just just popped in my head? Uh-oh. And I'm not making direct comparisons here for the record. I'm not. But something, something, people's champ just popped in the back of my head. Oh, no. About what you were just saying a minute ago about how he's learned to interact with the crowd uh, yeah he, well, he is that a, how they're gonna pull this off that's how how are they gonna strap him without the audience completely turning on him all over again
0: oh I have my thoughts on that hold on
1: <laughs> <laughs> hold on I actually
0: I, I, I'm gonna come back to that because I have okay oh I've got some doom news for you man I've got some horrible horrible theories about that oh but no. we'll, I'll oh, leave no. that on the table right now all right so okay that was fine it was a it was a fluff match for me, but the live crowd loved it, so I can't hate on it too much. Yeah, the For me, the big thing about this SmackDown was everything that they're doing with The Fiend and Daniel Bryan, because that is intriguing as hell, and I don't know where they're going, and it's so close to sucking, but at the same time, it's so close to brilliance. We were It was announced that, that Bray Wyatt would be revealing a, quote, new face on Firefly Funhouse this week, and we had a few Firefly Funhouse segments throughout the show, we had one at the beginning where he uh, kind of, you know, as, as any of these things where it's not really explicit, it's just kind of there and you have to interpret after the fact. Right. But um, he basically what it looked like is that he debuted a new championship belt for The Fiend. And it looked like Bray Wyatt, Mr. Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt, will have the Blue Universal Championship belt. And then it looked like The Fiend... We'll have another belt that's in the shape of a belt, but with the fiend's face, skin face, skin, face, face skin, foreskin, face skin, stretched across the front of the belt. So it looks like, basically like a horror prop, only if it were a toy in Toys R Us. Right. Um,
1: and made by Tom Savini, allegedly. I ain't mad at that. Tom's the man. Okay.
0: Tom is yep. the man. Um, his remake of, of Night of the Living Dead is better than the original. Fight me.
1: Um, Agreed. So,
0: It just is. Sorry. It's a fact. Um, Tony Todd. What? And uh, so that's interesting. So, So before we move on to the rest of this, do you think that the universal, the blue universal championship is now gone and it's just the fiend championship or does the fiend have his own belt and does Bray have the universal championship belt and which one's better? Like which should it be one or the other?
1: God, you just ask I could talk for an hour about what you just asked me. Um, I can I give you two
0: sentences and give you my answer.
1: I want to like the belt. Okay. I want to, but I hate it. What? I, I hate it. Why? I, I hate it as much as I hated Daniel Bryan's hemp belt. I hate it as much no! as I hated John Cena's spinner belt. Okay, that does I, suck. it is an it is a prestigious WWE oh, God. championship. You don't do... I, I'm sorry. I, hashtag my wrestling me all you want. Hashtag my wrestling. It is... That is a prestigious title and a championship that you just don't make a mockery of. Oh, my and, God. And that includes painting it red and blue, for the record. Um, but... No, <sighs> I hate the Universal Championship to begin with. Then you turned it blue... And now you've turned it into basically Leatherface. So,
0: ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on the podcast and you're not actually watching us on YouTube, for one thing, go and subscribe on YouTube, please. But Nick is literally sitting here with his arms folded like a pouty child. I don't like the Universal Championship either. No, I don't like this. I don't like... Man, I want it my way. Man, this title looks like crap.
1: Okay, fair. Wrestling Twitter agrees with me, so I must be right.
0: Fair, but we're already far past the point where WWE championships have begun to look like toys. They've looked like toys forever. Do you like the smoking skull championship? The Stone Cold mm-hmm. like specific smoking skull championship? You I do, mean, don't you? How goofy is that thing if you really step back and think like about it?
1: It still looks like a title. It still looks like a belt.
0: This still looks like a belt just made out of skin and leather. I, mean, uh, sure. I know you have you have it right over your shoulder. The, the 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 smoking skull but it's a it's a goofy prop sorry it is it's a goofy prop with a smoking
1: skull on it here's Come the on. difference i could buy one of those for 10 my dad could buy me one of those for 10 bucks back in 1999 uh, okay apparently they're selling the new fiend belts yes. made by tom savini for $6,500 on the WWE shop $6,000. Mm-hmm. dollars not $99. You can buy an actual title belt at Target for $99.99. Yes. 99. You
0: have to understand, that's the actual one that's made by Tom Savini. And if you were to tell me that a, a, a made-by-Tom Savini prop was $6,500, I would say that sounds about right. If you were to sell me a Tom Savini-made zombie head that I could stick on my desk for $6,500, I... Uh, I I would question your priorities, but I mean, (laughs) as a Tom Savini nerd, I would do it. I don't have sixty five hundred dollars, but you know that sounds cool to me. But again, that's getting off the topic here of the belt itself. First, first of all, we're getting off the topic of what I was trying to ask about the belt, okay? uh, Which, which was as far as the characters concerned, like should the should it just be the new Fiend Face belt, or should it be both belts, one for each character? And I. To answer that really quickly, like I said, it's in two sentences. I think that it should be one for each character because it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation, right? Bray Wyatt should have the universal belt, and then the Fiend should have his own evil belt because you know and just represents each side of the character. I think that's cool. I think it's a neat idea, and I think it fits the character.
1: But that when Roman Reigns inevitably beats the Fiend at WrestleMania next year, is he going to hold up the Fiend belt and be proud of it?
0: Why do you have to take my booking out of my head, man? Like Literally, you were just <laughs> asking about Roman Reigns and what they're going to do with him. When, like That's literally it. That's, they're going to have Roman beat The Fiend at WrestleMania, and Roman wins again. We're all going to turn on him again because screw that crap. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. My point is, is that WWE has been doing these toy prop belts for a while. I don't see why you should suddenly be mad at a toy prop belt
1: now. Because it's completely unattainable. What, do you, what? What? Even unattainable. The point of okay, hear me out. Hear me out. What? The point of making a toy belt is so that you can merchandise it and you can sell it and you can make. They're some gonna make cheap of
0: knockoff versions of it. The Tom Savini one is six thousand five hundred dollars. It's a collector's edition.
1: Okay. If they if they make a hundred dollar version of it, I'll buy one and hang it up next to Naya. Oh, but I don't think probably don't be cheaper going than a hundred bucks. They're gonna make
0: these for the kids too. Little cheap knockoff right. ones. That
1: was that was kind of my point.
0: Oh my. Well, it, okay. Yeah. You know.
1: If if I, don't, I, don't I don't. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to. I don't like
0: it through. because I can't get one. That was. No. I'm, I don't it. like
1: it because little Billy, twelve-year-old that loves the fiend and is scared of him, wants a wants a fiend belt.
0: No one's going to buy it. a six thousand five hundred dollar belt for little Billy. But you know they're going to have the the dollar knockup. Not for little Billy. Maybe for grown-up Billy. You know, Billy Big Thirty-five-year-old
1: Billy with too his much garage, disposable income, like
0: like Will Ferrell <laughs> in the Lego Movie. Right, You know what I mean? Right. Like the, the grown-up yeah. kid who's going to have it under glass and be like, look at my championship belt. Me, 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 yeah. me, me, That would be me. Uh, I would be that guy. But that's, but that's the thing. is like they'll make a kid's version of this, Nick. Don't worry, sweetie. We'll get you your little plastic fiend face belt you can have for your own, and then you won't be so salty about it just being expensive, and that's the only reason you don't like it. Good Lord.
1: Maybe I'll get one of those cheap plastic fake uh, fiend <sighs> masks and put it on Naya so I don't have to look at her. I'm anymore.
0: just going to get a piece of cardboard and draw it on it for you. I, that'll work. I I Lord. know it will. Good Lord. That's that's the only reason he didn't like it. <laughs>
1: Can we talk about wrestling again? Yes, for the
0: love right. of God. <clears throat> All right, so getting back to it. fiend uh, So Ray calls out Daniel Bryan and says, we weren't done playing. Come play with us some more. It'll be fun. Yippee. And Daniel Bryan's contemplating it. Once again, Daniel Bryan thinking very hard these days. And Miz has to be his conscience. And Miz comes in as he's thinking and says, you know, I'm just saying you don't have to go face him. Look what he did to Seth. Look what he did to Finn, which I thought was a wonderful touch, having the Miz be his conscience, and having them point out that after their matches with the Fiend, both Finn and Seth became tainted somehow. Like that's a really cool little mm, little nugget of story. That's very cool, especially if they pay it off with Daniel Bryan being affected or changed. Like the Fiend is infecting you with something. Like if you let him in, he Ew. does something to you, right? Oh, that's kind of exactly it's like the ew. I like, ew it's weird and gross and i like it all
1: right i i let the fiend get in me and i had to go get a penicillin shot Ew.
0: why you gotta make it weird dude
1: you you okay like i'm the one doing the innuendo okay
0: it's uh, yes yes it takes okay. two to make an innuendo you just <laughs> interpret it that way you sick little monkey So Daniel Bryan's officially bringing back the yes movement, apparently. Uh, He comes to the ring at the end of the whole thing and says, I've been thinking long and hard about this, and I said the yes movement was dead, dead, but I was wrong because you guys brought it back and you made me believe again, so I better do it with you. Yes, yes, yes. And then as he's doing the yes chant, Bray Wyatt comes out of the bottom of the ring and pulls him straight to hell. And as the, the show goes off the air, Bray Wyatt's still in the hole in the ring pulling tufts of hair, apparently, out of Daniel Bryan under the ring.
1: This made me feel uncomfortable. Oh, I loved it. I was I was very uncomfortable during this bit, and which means I loved it. Like, I, are we going to see Daniel Bryan? Are we going? Are we getting? Are we getting shaved head early, Daniel Bryan? So, yeah. I mean, dare I say, American Dragon?
0: Brian Danielson, oh,
1: yeah. is that going to be the change?
0: Nick's getting what he wants. Nick's getting what he wants. Yay. Maybe. I mean, this is the thing. So the whole show, everyone's expecting Liv Morgan to come out as Sister Abigail because Bray promised a new face. We don't know if he meant the new face was the belt. We don't know if he meant that it's now going to be newly shorn Daniel Bryan because he pulled all his goat hair out and Daniel Bryan's yeah. going to come out next week completely bald um, or what's going to happen. But certainly, you know what? You got me interested. I want to see what happens next. Which is, I think, should be the primary purpose of any of these WWE shows is make me want to see what comes next. I want to see what comes next. Now, the live crowd hated it because all they see is like a little, you know, shape in the ring doing something. But, you know, the camera can show us up close. He's pulling the hair out uh, in the hole. Um, And, you know, I hate the hole to hell in the ring. I hate that trope. But this was interesting yeah. because now I'm sitting there going, oh, shit, is he shaving Daniel Bryan? The only thing I regret about this is I know Daniel Bryan has always wanted to do a hair versus hair match or a hair versus mask match. And if he loses all his hair here to kind of negate, you know. Yeah, so much you know, for that. Much for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, is that is the change we're going to see him affect on Daniel Bryan? Is it that we're teased with the yes movement and then Daniel Bryan comes out and he's like psycho shave Daniel Bryan or is it going to be
1: and he reforms? Team Hell No? With the three this time,
0: are, or is he still going to be face? Is he going to be all the way face to O'Brien? Is he still? Is it? Are we going to have the Yes chant next week? Are we not? Is he going to be shaved? Like now, we have questions. Now it's open ended.
1: Marshall and in the chat, I want to give a shout out, says 2019 is officially 2014. The yes movement, Batista returned for a match. We've got heel Rollins, the shield is disbanded, and Brock is the WWE champion. Yes, Marshall. That's a great the rundown. more
0: things change. Five years later. <laughs> the more things stay the same. Yeah, Seth's a heel again. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everything if you've works- been
1: asleep, not much has changed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've been in a coma for five years. What's happening? Well, uh, nothing. Not much. <laughs> yep. uh, no. So uh, I, again, we'll see what happens next week. Um, I, for one, am curious how this whole uh, Bray the Barber beefcake gimmick will work out. Um, I could, I could see it's becoming a thing. But uh, yeah. Um, I also have to say that in the middle of all this, we had a Firefly Funhouse segment where Bray brought back the Muscle Man dance. Only now it was like a cheesy early '90s rap video with Huskis the pig and Bray Wyatt uh, screaming about reptilians and shit. Like I don't know what the hell this was.
1: Um, that's that's Bo Dallas thinks that there's reptile people that right. live in the middle of the earth. Oh, I I, I heard that that
0: episode of Jericho yeah. as well, <laughs> where it was it, my eyebrows went through the roof. I'm like, my goodness, Bo Dallas. You crazy boy!
1: Yeah, you crazy son! You
0: nuts! <laughs> um, yeah, that—that's all I could think was this—is this a shot at his brother? All this stuff because other—I don't—I don't—I don't know what it would be aside from that.
1: I mean, if if psychopath freak show Bo Dallas in it with a different name joined with his crazy eyes that he's got joined the fun, the fun house as a as a cast member, you have my full attention. I like that That dude. That dude has crazy eyes, like I've not seen crazy eyes before, and I love it. Yep. Um,
0: Oh God, Butters? No, Butters just said Bray's new heavy's going to be Lars Sullivan. Shh. (sighs) Shh. Just, just no. Too early. That into the universe. It's too early to bring racism to the funhouse, man. Come on now. Uh, Sister Abigail's obviously Latina. It wouldn't go over well. So all right. So no. Uh, Last things last. Was this kind of an ignominious way to bring back the yes movement? Like this felt kind of lackluster to me. Like I hope that we I hope that next week Daniel Bryan comes out and just forgets about the yes movement again and this was just all a swerve. Because it's yeah. just it felt really flat to me.
1: I mean, it's the yes thing is gonna be around ten years from now, like what chance and CM Punk chants are. Like it's not going anywhere. And I think for Daniel Bryan to just fall back into it was tragic i I, did, I liked the fact that he was resisting yeah, it no you said i it right. liked
0: fell back into it it does feel like it was gonna have happened
1: I I, I I liked him resisting it it was a thing of his past it was a thing that kind of made him weak in a way because now he's now this stronger more wise man and you know he's gone through all this stuff i, I yes i, I but I, I, that's what i wanted it to be but is it a one-off we'll see next week i guess we'll see going going forward but I don't want it back. I don't want 24, 2013 Daniel Bryan back.
0: Yeah, but the crowd really do does. Shit. Boy, the crowd yeah. wants it bad. Yeah. Don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. Make him wait. Um, They did give us something else, Nick. They gave us the New Day Tag Team Championship Open Challenge. New Day said, bring it on. We'll take on any tag team. But instead of a tag team, we got Nakamura and Cesaro, the Intercontinental Champ, and the... <laughs> the Swiss chump who basically was out there to eat a trouble in paradise and lose for his team. What a shock. Um it's, it's too bad they have no other tag teams, Nick. No, so yeah, no. You know, it's
1: sucks I mean, that we didn't we didn't have this battle royale thing for tag teams at the start of Survivor Series or nothing. they're, they're, they're just they're just hurting for you didn't. It legitimate was on the tag teams.
0: It was on the pre show. It wasn't on Survivor Series. Yeah, we're hurting for we're hurting for legitimate tag teams, Nick. We don't have any. Let's just make one up. I mean, I like the fact, okay, taking a step back, I like that Sammy has a little stable he's building here. I have suspicions about what's going to happen with that. Um, but it's the Intercontinental Champ. Like, I know they were supposed to take the, the belt off of Nakamura a month or two ago, and now they don't know what to do. They're just like, ah, I'll leave it on him for now. Who cares? Um, we'll just change it up, make it look different, but leave it on him. But I don't know why they couldn't, I, this, I don't know. I understand they wanted to get all the guys on TV and everything, but it, it definitely was one of those things where I sat there and just kind of looked at the TV and went, really? Really? Where is, where is this going? Why? Why? Why is Cesaro is, still eating pins?
1: This is what happened, in my opinion, and we could have a whole bonus episode about this. This is kind of what happened with the world championship. It, it was just put on the wrong dudes and bored into irrelevance. And they eventually just combined them into the WWE Championship. But right now, and and Miz fought for years and brought the Intercontinental Title back into prominence and relevance, and then did what he did over the last couple of years. And I feel like the same thing's happening now with they're kind of burying or you know burying the Intercontinental Title by just leaving it, and let it sit idle on Shinsuke.
0: I think it's worse there's, than than a burial because a burial no
1: legitimate contest, no legitimate uh, defenses. I I, I don't. I, there's no feud for it. There's nothing. There's if absolutely nothing. It was burial, nothing.
0: If it was a burial. It would be actively trying to undermine it. You know what I mean? Keep it off TV. Um, have Shinsuke look bad. That sort of thing. It wasn't like Shinsuke got pinned here. Like they kept him looking like a champion. Uh, and the and the belt was on TV, but. I, I think I'm 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 in agreement with you in the sense that to do nothing with it is almost as bad as burying it at this point. Yeah. Um because it's supposed to be an important belt.
1: There's so should- many guys out there that need the shine that that belt could bring. Help exactly. put it back on Miz, let him get his let him get his records. Something. You know, take a shot at Not Jericho, that- do something. Well, Miz do is busy something.
0: Being, Miz is busy being Daniel Bryan's conscience right now. But yeah, do something with it even if it's and i hate to say this and i i'm i this this is going to sting have corbin win it have the corbin Rome. have the corbin and roman feud cuz right now that needs to be feel more important doesn't it like yeah. like a lot of times we say let
1: him and roman fight over it a lot of times totally. we say
0: this feud does not need the belt how many times do we say that this feud doesn't need bit. the belt
1: and, and I don't and want Corbin, Roman anywhere near a belt right now. I, I, don't, I Everything he's doing has been because a belt hasn't been involved. Well, and here's the
0: problem. I don't think that Ro- Roman going for the Intercontinental title would make the Ro- the intercontinental, uh, intercontinental Sasha Banks the Intercontinental title feel more important. But Vince doesn't see Roman as someone who should be having the Intercontinental belt at this point. It feels like it's beneath him. And remember the last time he had it, he just slung it over his shoulder and it felt... Even though it felt important when he won it, it felt irrelevant very quickly because Roman feels bigger than the belt. That being said, that feud would feel bigger if it was for the belt. But just having it on Shinsuke Nakamura makes it nothing right now, which is not as bad as actively burying it, but still not good. So, yeah. There's a lot we could bitch about that, but I want to talk about something else here, and that is okay. Sami Zayn's little stable here that he's building. Cesaro, okay. Nakamura... We found out that someone's coming back. Finally. Finally, someone's coming back from... I don't know why he was on the shelf so long, whether it was his spinal stenosis or whether it was just wanting to recover and recuperate start his own thing. Um, certainly, he's had the tenure of the company. He can kind of do what he wants, I guess. But so, we, so, Seamus is coming back. Seamus is coming back.
1: Sans and, Mohawk.
0: Sans mo- he got his old hair back. Got his like got uh, his little red guile haircut back yeah street fighter right but yep. it's yep. red I, I, uh, yep, yep. right here buddy um does he go to sammy Zayn's little crew here or does he get a shot at something bigger what, what does he come back to what is he coming back to here he says he's going to take out all the smackdown rosters. He says they're all weak. he's basically coming back as drew mcintyre from a year and a half ago what does he do
1: nick booking version well uh, sure uh, he woos Cesaro away from Sami Zayn and Cesaro and Shinsuke end up having a intercontinental title feud.
0: What? Yeah.
1: I, I would have Cesaro <sighs> basically I always come would, back.
0: Anytime I ask for Nick booking, I regret it. I mean, you... <laughs> I did ask for it. You're right, I did. I should know better by now. I should know better, but I you keep suckering. You're... Mm. Ah, Nick Booking, the, the WWE main roster of Booking.
1: Have He's Cesaro turn on Shinsuke and take the title off of him. Okay. Give Cesaro, give one of the hardest working men in WWE. What does that have last, to do with Sheamus? I don't know how many years, an, an Intercontinental title champion. What does that have to do with Sheamus? You just said Sheamus Cesaro, be, Cesaro faces. Seamus could be the catalyst that comes back and. So and, then what does
0: he do? He then becomes. It's Sami Zayn and Seamus on the outside of the ring while these two guys have a, matches? What are you talking about?
1: Oh, that could be interesting. It could be
0: boring as hell. Seamus, I mean, that's the thing. I'm worried about Seamus coming what back.
1: What are you going to do? Is he going to come back and get strapped immediately? No. He's got to do some no.
0: stuff. That's why I'm wondering where he fits in. Does he join up with Corbin and those those guys and becomes another foil for Roman Reigns? Does he have a feud with The Miz? Like, who is there for him to feud with right now?
1: I'm thinking Where does he fit super, in? I'm thinking super face Celtic warrior Seamus of four or five years ago. I'm not we're not getting healed so more have Seamus back.
0: So then have him have, have Seamus have the feud with Nakamura, and Cesaro can be the heater. And that makes okay. sense because then Cesaro and Seamus used to be buddies, now they're opponents again.
1: Yeah, I'm in for that too. Okay. Yeah.
0: Better in your idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, no it's not. Uh, by the and by the way, I just want to point out this year last time this time last year. We were having the bar versus the New Day in like a Thanksgiving gravy match with the turkeys and they were hitting each other with turkeys and those gravy and mashed potatoes. How far we've come. Mm. Sasha and Bailey came out to talk about uh, Survivor Series and how they were let down by all the other women on the team. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, they were confronted by, I can't believe I'm saying this, Facey Evans. Not Lacey Evans, Facey oh, Evans. Oh, God. Because okay. they're turning Lacey Evans' face, apparently. She came out and said, Sasha, you nasty. You can't talk about me like that. I just spent the last two days cooking a Thanksgiving meal for everybody and doing all these wonderful little, you know, 40s housewife things. Um, I'm out here on a whole bunch of mama's little yellow helpers, and uh, I'm going to deck you with the woman's right. Decks Sasha Banks with the woman's right. Leaves are laying. Bailey does nothing. Stands there and watches her saunter away, and that was the segment. Uh, Is it wise to turn Lacey Evans' face?
1: No, not not while Becky's still at the top. Because what are you going to do with her,
0: Nick? Do you remember a time when NXT had Lacey Evans, and we were talking about how if Vince sees this woman, he's rocket strapping her? Yeah, the prophecy is coming true. Yeah, Vince saw her, and he's like, "She's my new number one. If I if I can't have Charlotte, I've got Lacey." I've got Southern Charlotte. Yeah, I've got Southern Charlotte. She is such a, like, just prototypical Vince woman. Yeah. And we knew as soon as he saw her, he was going to do this with her. And here we are. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah. She punked out Sasha. Bailey did nothing. I was jaw on the floor. I don't even know how to interpret this yet. Yeah. But uh, we are running out of time. I could interpret all. We'll interpret it more the more we see out of this. Uh, Mandy Rose came out. Made a horrible Thanksgiving joke at Nikki Cross's expense. Nikki had a match with uh, Sonia Deville, which was over pretty quickly. Beat her up. And then as uh, Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose started beating up Nikki after the match, who should come out, made another return. Alexa Bliss is back and reforms Bliss Cross Applesauce. And uh, so, yeah, Alexa Bliss is back. Looks like they're reforming They
1: actually it. gave them that name?
0: That is the name of the tag team. The official name of Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss oh. is Bliss Cross Applesauce. You're welcome, sir. Uh, by the way, if you didn't see their backstage interview with uh, with Nikki freaking out about how happy... She's a sex pot. She's a sex pot. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Nikki. Gives a whole new no whole new meaning to the fact that Nikki came to play. Nikki came to play because she's a sex pot. I like where this is going. All right. Uh, no wonder Killian Dane... Then, all, then all
1: you have to think about to kill it is that she's doing it with Killian Dane. <laughs> Dude,
0: don't you judge. Some women, some women like it hairy. All right.
1: Sorry, I was choking on, I, on hair.
0: Hey, man, I know women that are attracted to Benicio del Toro and the Wolf Man. Okay, so that's it's a thing. Live
1: your live your life.
0: Some do women you. like hirsute suit men. All right. <laughs> it's not exactly like you're a shorn Adonis over there, Nick.
1: Hey, well, you're a big fuzzy. We don't, fuzzy do we man don't have the kind of we don't have the time to go into. The-
0: okay, well, I'm just I'm just saying, like d- before you start throwing shade. And other big fuzzy men. Take a look in the mirror there, Mr. Big Beard. (laughs) All right, so Nikki, so Bliss and Cross is back together, possibly in a feud with Fire and Desire. Great. We also had Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak, which was Ali destroying Gulak. (laughs) Poor, Poor Drew Gulak. And one more return. Elias is back. Drake Maverick was trying to get Dana Brooke to kiss him under the mistletoe. Dana Brooke was not having it because she's too interested in Batista and how big his penis is. Uh, and Elias, Elias comes down the corner and strums a little song, making fun of Drake Maverick. Elias is back uh, and starts playing a little song to hit on Dana Brooke and potentially cock block Batista. To, and and that's, that's it for SmackDown, Nick. What do you think of those last few things there? Elias is back, Mustafa Ali, and Drew Gulak.
1: Nah. I don't know the, the the only thing that's blowing Twitter up this week over Thanksgiving and over the holiday is uh, is Dana Brooke and Batista, and I can just hear Vince in the back going, "Big busty blonde and big Batista, and oh my God, we got to make a story out of that with somehow we got to do something with that." Like how, when is Batista? I don't back? I
0: don't know if you when is
1: the, when is he going to write a big enough contract to get Batista back on TV to have some love angle with him because they got rid of Maria and Mike now, so they they need a, a love couple. I don't. I, I don't. If you've been following him on Twitter, I hate
0: feels, this so much. It feels pretty organic <laughs> to me.
1: It, it does. It does. And there's a thing on online with Kayla and Dana talking about it and saying it's for real, for real. So good for them. I'm very happy for them. Uh, yeah, Dana has had some tragedy in her life with her yep. previous relationship, and fantastic. If both of those guys just generally hit it off, awesome.
0: Yep. And and, and real off to say about that is if, if they do end up hooking up, we can just give them their tag team name. That's just Dana Brook Blutista.
1: All right. Well, that does it for SmackDown, folks. Thank you very much, but we're not quite done. Hang on. We've got to go over and get an update on World Tag League in New Japan. Really quick update here.
0: As you may remember, uh, let's see. Evil and Sonata were in the lead with 12 points. They're still in the lead. They got 16 points. They have won two more matches. But now they're tied. Juice Robinson and David Finlay also with 16 points. They what? came up. Yeah, they they also they were tied before. Evil Sonata, Ishii and Yoshihashi and Robinson and Finlay were all tied. Now it's just Evil Sonata and Robinson and Finlay at the top. Ishii and Yoshihashi won one, dropped one. Uh, they only have 14 points now. Also with 14 points, the champs Tamatanga Tonga Loa still making you think they might be able to pull it out and win the whole thing. Torianu, Colt Cabana, your boys are at the top as well. They're also sneaking out wins. They've also got 14 points. Suzuki I'm
1: and- not saying. I'm just saying. Watch out for Toyo Yano and Colt Cabana.
0: I'm not saying. I'm just saying watch out for Suzuki and Archer. They're only at 12 points. They're not out of this yet, and mm. I think they're going to have a big comeback because they dropped the first few matches, and then they're going to have a big swing back, and they're not doing anything else for Wrestle Kingdom. I'm just y'all, saying.
1: Y'all also- know how, K- how Gato do. So. With you, you
0: in the Gato. you doom do doom do 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 do, do. do, do. The out, Doom 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 doom. You never know. You never know. You never know where he's going to be. Also at 12 points, Jeff Cobb and Mikey Nichols. Mikey Nichols having a much better time of it than his boy Shane Thorne over at NXT. Uh, 10 points, Kenta and Yujiro Takahashi. Kenta just, god dang it. He just beat the absolute, he's beating the absolute crap out of people in this. Uh, he, just, he just had a match with uh, Tanahashi and Hanare. He hits Hanare so hard, One of Hanari's teeth is lodged in my wall here in California. Uh, It it just hurt. It just hurt to watch. Uh, They have 10 points. Shingo Takagi and El Terrible also at 10 points. Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi with 8. They're too busy talking about vegetable soup. Tenzan and Kojima at 8 as well. Fale and Chase Owens 6. Togi Makabe, Tomoaki Hanma, not surprising, also 6 points. Goto and Carl Frederick's down at 4. I think Goto... And uh, and uh, Kenta are heading for some some beef because they've been hitting the crap out of each other, too. Uh, they might be heading towards a match for the never open weight. Tanahashi mm. and Hanare with four putting everybody over is poor Hanare. And then at the bottom still, Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi. Nakanishi looking really good uh, against Yano and Cabana, but could not pull out the win. That's where we're mm. at. Evil and Sonata still at the top. Please don't let them win. Goto, give us something new. That is the tag Gato. league. Gato. Not
1: Goto. Not He's Goto. way down at the bottom. <laughs>
0: Goto, give us something Goto, give us something new and win at Wrestle Kingdom for once, dude. Yeah. That is new oh. to me.
1: Well, thank you very much, Ian. Let's go over and do one more quick update for uh, NXT UK. We saw Toni Storm, after her sort of surprise appearance during Survivor Series, return and do a stare down with Piper Niven. Uh, and also challenging Kaylee Ray for the NXT UK Women's Championship.
0: Yeah, indeed. And uh, I, I thought you'd be excited by the fact that Tony Storm is back, even though it was a very quick thing at the end of the match. After so, Piper beat Ginny. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, you had Kaylee Ray come out and uh, start stuff, and then t- got chased off by Tony Storm. Tony Storm gets in and faces down Piper. So now it looks like we have two challengers for that NXT championship NXT UK championship obviously Tony Storm having the pri- the prior beef with Kaylee Ray and Piper has been gunning for her so interesting things the top of the women's division over there but it looks like Tony Storm will be staying there for a little bit longer sorry Mr. Nick
1: are you uh, watching AEW by the way mm. that that's how you do
0: it yeah, it is that was exciting uh Eddie Dennis came back from surgery He looks like he's in his match on the show. It looked like he was sending a message to Trent Seven, stealing his finishing move. So Dennis looks like he'll be picking up where he left off. Noam Dar and Ashton Smith had a nice match. Dar still winning, uh, but that was a fun match. We want to check that out. Imperium, and uh, they had a match, Mm. all four of them, with the three members of Gallus and Ilya Dragunov, who is now the kind of the... He's kind of my number one dude to be facing up with Walter, except that Joe Coffey was the guy... Who got the better of Walter in this exchange? This match broke down at the end, turned into chaos. Both teams get counted out. But this was Coffee, magnificent. Coffee was tossing Walter around. What the
1: hell? That was some good Is stuff. Somebody finally going to dethrone Walter? I think it could be Joe Coffee. I think they were teasing that Coffee could
0: do it, but he won't get it done. But Ilya Dragunov ultimately will be the guy who does because they're giving some Ooh. love to Dragunov. No, they're making Dragunov look good. Not only did he like, he looked good in that match against Cesaro, but they are making him look like a beast. Just waiting, they're waiting to give him that big run. I feel, yeah. I feel like Dragunov is like going to be one of their next big things. So I think, I think mm. Coffee will get a shot, and then Dragunov will uh, will come afterwards and be. There. Do because they've had a whole story with Dragunov being like the Imperium tried to draft him and he said no, and that's why they're having the feud now. So, uh, next week, you got a kid versus Jordan Devlin, which I'm calling right now is going to be an absolutely lights out match. We also have a triple threat Joseph Connors, El Lighetto, Lighetto, and Travis, Travis, Travis F. And Banks in a triple threat. Uh, uh, uh. If you ain't watching NXT UK, next week sounds like a good time to start picking it up. So,
1: that is NXT UK. Well, sir. thank you very much, sir, Ian Dangerous, and thank you guys for joining Oh, no, wait, we're not done. We got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep,
0: beep, beep. So right off the top, I got to talk about uh, Corey Graves and Mauro Ranallo. As you may recall, uh, Mauro Ranallo was not at Survivor Series, nor was he at NXT this week, because it, se- because it seems like he was... Uh, something happened with... Uh, Corey Graves tweeted out something to the effect of Mauro Ronaldo's is not giving enough time to Beth Phoenix and Nigel McGinnis, although he phrased it differently. Um, that was the intent. And then he also – basically, he, was, he threw some tweets out there that intimated that Mauro Ronaldo was hogging the spotlight too much. Uh, as we know, Mauro Ronaldo has some um, issues that he's going through. He's bipolar. Mm-hmm. He's been fighting with that. Uh, and according to all reports, that is what set him off. Corey Graves apologized in his podcast this week saying that what he did was unprofessional. He has apologized. He apologized on the show and has apologized in person. Um, he's going to try and do better in the future. Uh, it sounded to me like it was a genuine apology. One where he actually okay. took responsibility for his own actions. He didn't try to deflect it all. So at least there was that. Uh, Morrow apparently still in rough shape, according to reports. But, uh, you know, these as with all things, these things work in cycles. Uh, send your love out tomorrow. Hopefully, he will get better soon. Um, uh, and at least Corey seems to have acknowledged. But, man, yeah, watch that shit, dude. Come on.
1: Uh, other reports stay off Twitter, stay. <laughs> just stay off Twitter. It's not hard. Don't stay, stay out off. there liking JBL you don't Shitty have to tweets,
0: s- too. Oh, yeah, he was right. Oh, just
1: yeah. stop.
0: You don't stay off Twitter. just Nick, what's your golden rule? Just
1: don't be a dick.
0: There you go. Uh, also, so this is another report. And this one scared the crap out of me. Again, You put as much stock as you want in these backstage reports. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. I hope this one's wrong. The report is that Vince, much like with Cedric Alexander, is, quote, done with Humberto Carrillo. He didn't feel like he got the response that he wanted. He gave him a bit of a push. There was He didn't get the response he wanted, and now he's done with him. That's why the match was changed on Monday to have Umberto be taken out of the match and have Ray put in. That is the scuttlebutt. We shall have to wait and see if it is true. If you don't see much of Humberto Carrillo after this or if he's out there with Lucha House Party in two weeks, you will know that this was true. That is the report that we're getting right now is, is Vince is already bored with his new little Mexican toy. Uh, Oni Lorkin and Mike Canella, uh, Bennett may be some news here. They both are trying to get out. Of course, Oney Lorcan changing his Twitter name to Biff Music, which is his indie name, and has openly said that he's asked for his release. Mike Kanell, uh, Bennett also asked for his release recently. But they may not be getting their release. They may instead be getting leased out. And the, that choice of word is mine. There are some rumors that Ring of Honor may want them for some one-off matches, and WWE may do a deal with Ring of Honor to allow them to perform in Ring of Honor the way that they've been licensing them out to Evolve or Progress or, or other companies as well, um, Ring of Honor has been open to working with WWE before. They've lent them some uh, parts of their tape library that, that WWE paid for. So not out of the realm of possibility that you may see Biff Buzik and Mike Knell, uh, Bennett over in Ring of Honor within the next couple of oh. months. Lord knows Ring of Honor needs some love right now. They need, they need to get some talent in there, so... Might be an interesting way for that to happen and still have the guys actually under contract to WWE. So WWE, like we were saying earlier uh, with Akira Tozawa, WWE doesn't lose guys and possibly have them go somewhere else. AEW! But it also is able to let them go do stuff. So, a little bit of of playing the fence on both sides. Uh, Bray Wyatt, you were talking about that $6,500 belt. He is now the top merch seller in WWE. So whatever you no think surprise. about that, whatever thing about that belt, that that fiend merch is going like hotcakes. Yeah. And as someone who just checked out WWE for their Black Friday sale, I can tell you right now they got a lot of fiend merch, and a lot of it is some of the coolest stuff they have. Like the the they have a lot of really cool Becky Mann merch, and a lot of their Bray Wyatt merch is really cool too. So not terribly surprising. AEW is being investigated by the Maryland Athletic Commission because of. Uh the Omega and Moxley match. Apparently, you're not allowed to deliberately deliberately lacerate yourself in the state of Maryland uh, if you're in a sporting match. There is no introduction of human or animal blood in the match allowed. So the commission had a doctor at the match to determine what was allowed and what was not allowed. And apparently, that doctor found no problem with it. But someone filed a complaint about the match to the Maryland Commission, and now they're being investigated. The speculation is that Chris Cruz, former commentator for WCW back in the day, still has a beef with Tony Schiavone and is trying to mess with him, and he's the one that filed a complaint with the Maryland Athletic Commission, and that's why they're being investigated for this. It, because of the way that the match <laughs> went, though, it, it's probably going to amount to nothing. At worst, a, At worst, a fine, but at the same time, I have to ask, Nick, what the hell are sporting athletic commissions still doing Talk like like having any control over a professional wrestling match?
1: It's sports entertainment, damn it. Like wasn't this the yeah, wasn't this the whole point? This is point the whole reason. This is where kayfabe? sports entertainment came from. This is why it was in yeah, the, Vince not wanting to the deal whole with these guys. Re- and it happened in the state of New Jersey with Vince and there were all kinds of rules and licenses and things he had to because it was a wrestling event. And that's where he, well, it's not wrestling, it's sports entertainment. Right. That's where it came from. And that's, you know, so if AEW doesn't want to call them superstars and, and label it sports entertainment, they're going to have to deal with stuff like this. And just don't do it in states where you're not allowed to do it. Don't, maybe, don't, maybe don't have a, a death match.
0: But they had, they had a guy, they followed all the rules. They had a doctor there. To oversee the match. He found nothing wrong, or she, I don't so, know.
1: So if the rule was you can't blade yourself, nobody bladed. They right. were falling on actual objects that cut them. Right. But they But have to are they looking at that as see, intentional?
0: Again, right. Well they have to well they have to see like it was it just gravity that caused them to bleed? Like was it, you know, not like, there's one thing to sit there and actually cut yourself open, it's nothing to fall on tax, right? It's two different things. So or intentionally any,
1: suplex yourselves onto a, a table of barbed wire.
0: It's so funny because apparently that's okay because it's gravity that makes you fall. It'd be like if you fell onto something outside of the ring and accidentally got cut by something on the floor, they wouldn't necessarily get you for that. So it's similar to that. The whole thing is absolutely bizarre and messed up, and I can't believe that we're still having to deal with it in 2019, and I can't believe that the, the laws still include professional wrestling, which we all now pretty much agree is... Scripted. Don't say the F word. I'm not saying the F word. All right. Scripted, pre-planned, and it's more of a theatrical event than it is actually a sporting event. So the fact that a sporting commission still has anything to do with it in 2019 is so backwards, it's mind-boggling. But yet these, yeah. these laws are still on the books. So they're having to deal with that kind of crap. Crazy. Speaking of laws, Kenny Omega knows who was messing with him because uh, you may recall, he had a hard time getting back into Japan. Someone was trying to block him from entering the com- country for ten years. They, they actually said they were trying to get him banned from Japan for ten year ten year period, and he was ultimately able to get it worked out. He had to do a bunch of, of lawyering and calling a bunch of people, but he says he but for political purposes, and I imagine it's it's wrestling politics, not literal politics. He doesn't want to name any names because he does want to have a working relationship with New Japan in the future. Now, obviously, Damn it, he hinted very strongly. <laughs> he hinted very strongly that it was more of the business suits of New Japan than it was the creative staff. Um, without saying without naming names, without saying anything specifically, what the impression was, and again, this is this is my interpretation, was that it was the brass, the the suits of New Japan that were seeing him as a business liability. And we were basically just covering hmm. their own asses. There was no malice. It was just business. And he doesn't, Omega has said he doesn't hold any hard feelings about it. Uh, and he's open to working with New Japan in the future. So, for what it's worth, All right. it seems like it's being worked through. Okay. Uh, MLW had a Thanksgiving show. Jacob Fatu retained his title because Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler, who designed a long uh, extension with MLW, turned on Ross Von Erich, who who is challenging Fatu for the championship. Fatu retained, he is still your MLW champion. Also at the show, King Mo, maybe may remember him from Impact TNA. King Mo debuted, and Priscilla Kelly, who I think I thought was going to AEW, but Priscilla Kelly's over at MLW. She started to feud with Casey Lennox, who I'm still waiting to get better. Casey, I think she's got a lot of potential, but. Not quite there yet.
1: Keep your eyes on MLW, guys, because they're making moves. They're doing stuff. And they've got a free YouTube show as well, just like like NWA. So keep an eye on MLW. They're doing some stuff.
0: MLW, you heard it here, might be the new ring of honor in a year or two. Seriously. Uh, Not apples for apples. You know what I mean. CMLL news. They signed Bandito. Bandito will now be down in CMLL. I don't know if his contract allows him to work other places, but I do know that they have acquired the services of the masked man. Uh, you ever, so a little couple of fun things here. You know how Baron Corbin's covered in tattoos, right? You yeah. ever wondered what his tattoo is on his right bicep? It's like a little, it's like a, it looks like the state of Pennsylvania, and it's got the letters uh, R-M-F-D and Z-M-F-H underneath it. You ever wonder what I've, that was? I've
1: never wondered that, no.
0: I wondered this week, and so I wanted to go on an investigative journalism uh, bend and look it up, and it took me all of 30 seconds to find out what they were. Mm, investigative journalism! And it turns out, Baron Corbin was a really good friend of Ryan Dunn from Jackass, the guy who died in that that horrible uh, car accident back in 2014, 2011? How long ago was it? It was a while ago.
1: Five or six years ago, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, died tragically in a car accident, along with Zach Hartwell, who was a producer on Jackass. Right. And uh, those letters stand for Ryan Mother and Dunn and Zach Mother and Hartwell. It's a tattoo in honor of his friends who passed away. Uh, mm. So very curious. He has like, actually a, a few sentimental tattoos. Um, his father passed away in 2008 from uh, complications with creutzfeldt Jacob disease and he's got a tattoo of his fa- for his father on his leg along with his grandfather. And if you ever notice, he's got a ring around his neck uh, on a chain. That's his father's wedding ring. So Corbin, apparently a very sentimental guy. No, don't let that interview with how, uh, interfere with how you feel about him as a heel, but apparently very sentimental guy. Uh, Nick, would you like to do the honors here? Uh, I'm going to give you some news, and I'd like you to react okay. the, way you, the way you feel is most appropriate. All right. Matt Hardy's contract is up in february of 2020 and apparently he's frustrated with the fact that wwe doesn't want him to do anything with the broken slash spoken gimmick nick
1: matt hardy to aew you matt it. hardy to aew
0: you heard it here first uh yeah that was my first reaction too was my goodness matt what do we have planned he's been he's been agitating on twitter of late so yeah Come February. Oh, that could be
1: good. We need more kind of creative, out there, kind of wacky shit. Because you know, a giant dinosaur and the Dark Order aren't enough. Um, I I think that could be really good for him.
0: I, I mean, let's face it. WWE completely bundled the the Woken gimmick, and he's basically gone almost so far as to say that either WWE gives him creative freedom and something to do, or he's walking. Uh, now, Jeff wouldn't go with him. Je- Jeff's contract likely is going to extend because of the leg injury uh, or shoulder injury, whatever he's injured with right now.
1: A liver injury is what <laughs> Jeff Hardy's dealing
0: with. And his legal problems. So Jeff probably was going to have a lot longer on his contract, but that's never stopped them before. Matt could go yeah. get something started somewhere else, and Jeff could follow later and uh, we could see what happens with that. Yeah. So uh, one last thing here, Nick. As of yesterday, it has been 20 years exactly since your favorite segment of all time, the one where Triple H drugged Stephanie McMahon and got married with her in Vegas, uh, which was revealed during the Test and Stephanie wedding on Monday Night Raw. Yes. I still hate that segment, and you love it so much, and I think you only love it because I hate it so much.
1: I don't only love it because you hate it so much, but just the way it was presented. You know, they're doing a wedding first of all, which is just ridiculous. They're actually a full blown wedding How ceremony. Dare you. The Macho Man
0: Elizabeth wedding was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing.
1: It was absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. The the one for Stephanie and Tess was absolutely beautiful. As it all, was until not. one of my my favorites, DX, came out and go, um. One moment, if you please, uh, <laughs> and, st- and showed what I think is one of the f- more fun video packages of the Attitude Era, and it led to uh, something that was a so lot of fun. Something that which could was that never be done these
0: days. You could never do that these days. You think the and Lashley the- stuff is bad? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! Triple H going like at the drive-through marriage parlor in Vegas. Stephanie's passed out. He's roofied her. She's passed out in the front seat, and he's making her voice like he's.
1: Oh, yes, yes
0: right, I, I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Andy bad. Jessup
1: says spoilers, guys. Sorry, Andy. Spoiler sorry, alert.
0: Sorry, spoilers. Sorry. Sorry. You're right. That that, that In case 20, you
1: were ever wondering how Stephanie McMahon and Triple H ended 20, up husband and wife 20, 20 years year,
0: ago. 20-year moratorium on spoilers. You're right. Sorry. We didn't mean to spoil <laughs> something for 20 years ago. By the way. Uh, Nobody
1: posts th- that shit in the group. Actually, somebody already posted it. So by it's, the way, it's
0: she, she's a he in the crying game. Bruce Willis is actually dead. And uh, uh, Rosebud is a sled. That's
1: all of our spoilers, <laughs> and that is the news. Thank you, sorry and Dangerous, and thank you guys for joining us on today's show. We did go a little long here. We are doing our patron mailbag episode number nine immediately after this, so stick around. Refresh the page. You'll see a new live stream pop yes. up very soon. But to do that, make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel here with the little notification bell checked, because you'll just get notified and get a notification whenever and you can just click it and Bing. you'll come right back into it done so yeah make sure you subscribe youtube.com slash busted wide open if you're listening on the podcast feed make sure you follow us we are on the race to a thousand very quickly hitting that halfway mark and if we can get that done in the next month we got a big surprise for you Mm. so absolutely but make sure tell your friends tell your family subscribe to the busted wide open channel here on youtube.com slash busted wide open you can also find us on twitter and instagram at BWO Podcast. join us on facebook just search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, join the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Find the link at the top there for our Discord community where we have live chats for all of the pay-per-views as well as our weekly shows every single week, running and ongoing. Make sure you're in there. It's a really fun, lively Discord community. And last but certainly not least, thank you very much to our patrons. You guys are the fuel that runs this machine that mm. is the Busted Wide Open podcast. And all of our YouTubes and videos and everything that we do is because of you guys. Thank you very much for all of that. And stick around because they get a specific perk that you guys could get by going to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for just that $5 tier or higher if you like. But you can have the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag episode that we do after our normal Saturday show right here on YouTube live streamed as well. Amen. And you know what, Nick? I got to
0: say this. It is the time of year where there's a lot of holidays kind of scattered around, whether it's, you know, yes. what is it? Chris Mahana, Kwanzaa, and Thanksgiving and everything else. There's a lot of a lot of family get-togethers around this time of year. And I can think of nothing better than why you get the family all in one room than getting all their cell phones in one place and going on their cell phones and going to YouTube and making them all subscribe to the Busted Wide Open YouTube page. Have Channel them have, subscribe. Thing. Subscribe, grandpa, subscribe, grandma. Little little niece Kelly with her first iPhone. Subscribe her ass. She won't know any different. It'll just be there.
1: Maybe, it, maybe, maybe don't do that. Maybe, no, no. Why not? Maybe not, uh, under, you know, because YouTube's doing this whole thing with like kids and you have to identify every video that is not we're, made for kids. And, we're for the
0: kids, kind of. Get your uh-huh. kids in. Get, get little niece Kelly into wrestling. You she know she'll love it. They're, they've got the women's evolution going on. My point is, you've got everyone around one place. Get them all subscribed. Get our numbers up because the the more numbers we have, the more cool things we can do. That's a real thing. Uh, So the the bigger we get, the faster we get bigger, the sooner we can do all these cool things that we have planned that we've got lined up, ready to go. Uh, Speaking of of cool new things, Nick, before we get out of here, one last quick thing. Are are we live on Pro Wrestling Tees right now? Did did I interpret that correctly? Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was excited. I was so excited about that. Okay. Not yet.
1: Right. You ruined Christmas. Jesus ah! Christ, we're done. Uh, the, the big news is we got approved to have a store of BWR merch on ProWrestlingTees.com. I was too excited. And Ian just couldn't keep it in his pants. Can't keep it in my pants. I've been watching too much WWE. They've
0: rubbed off on me. Wait, phrasing.
1: Uh, uh Yes, we will have that up sometime soon. Trademark. I, I don't know when it's going to be. Uh, We're going to have a bunch of new designs. We're going to have a bunch of new stuff up there. But there, we will be announcing that, screaming it from the rooftops, I promise you. So you guys can go, go all go buy merch for Christmas. That's okay. Uh, everyone
0: fast, fast forwards through this segment anyway, Nick. Don't worry.
1: That's right. Nobody's listening to this part <laughs> anyway, right? <laughs> Uh, we're way over two hours in at right, this point. Go. We gotta go do some listener questions. Let's get out of here. Thank you, sir, Ian Dangerous, for all the news today. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for joining us in the live chat live chat. One more shout out to uh, Tom and Ross and other guys over at Colt Hollock, Steven Larson and Hilton over at Going In Raw. And uh, thank you guys all for listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And
0: I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous.
1: But by God! Somebody stop the damn match!